Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another Mother May I Sleep With podcast mini episode. Today, we have Liz Bentley with us. She is a host of Feathers in My Hair, which is a show on the Solid Listen Network. It dives all into teen mom and that whole universe. It's completely delicious, and I love Liz, and I'm so happy she's here for this movie, Psycho BFF. Hey, Liz. How you doing? Hi, Molly. You know, I'm good. I'm surviving. <laughs> this is another like double title by the way that you picked so it's called american psychos which is like the second sort of name for this movie is there a reason why you decided to pick this movie no i didn't well i didn't realize that it had the the second title i only saw the psychos bff the psycho bff i picked this one because i love a concerned mother i think a concerned mother is always an intriguing intriguing role although i will say that was actually the weaker part of this movie for me i didn't it didn't pan out the way that i wanted to with the mother but i love like in a lifetime movie like a super concerned parent about their teen daughter i also just in general like the teen movies the best and i like friendship based movies when it comes to like a lifetime movie so kind of had you know things i like all in one I love naughty teens. It's like my favorite. Yeah, and always. Concerned Mother is is also a really good way to put these types of movies because like on Lifetime, it usually is about the mom having her moment, realizing that she wronged her teenage daughter and, you know, usually um, tying it to her past and being like, oh, my God, I have turned into my mother. Uh, this <laughs> this movie was I love it. Like, so. As I said, this is a double title, which is sort of like a running theme on our show. Sometimes you get a title that's been like spruced up for marketing and Mm -hmm. for like fitting whatever it is Lifetime's doing that month. So I'm sure they have like a series of psycho blanks or blank BFF movies right now. Um, But this movie is supposedly based on a true story. I was not able to track down what that story is, (laughs) but... Honestly, this movie feels like just another day in America. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this movie wasn't so crazy. Like, I could believe it was based semi-based on a true story. Like, it wasn't so crazy. Oh, yeah. No, if anything, I think it's based on, like, so many true stories. Like, you know, when they say, like, based (laughs) on true events, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I'm sure that something similar to this has happened probably every other week in America. And in fact, I almost feel like we need to call up Ryan Murphy and tell him that Natalie and Caroline, the movie has already been made. <laughs> that it, yeah, because that's what this is. Agreed. Agreed. What's Did he going to do? Psycho total vibes? Yeah. Did, like, it, yeah. 100%. Was, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Also, there's like the whole sort of like through line with Natalie and Caroline's friendship for anyone who doesn't know. I'm talking about the Natalie Beach, Caroline, the cut essay. I haven't really like talked about this too much on podcasts because I'm afraid of the subject matter. But like, I know Liz and (laughs) I are both (laughs) 
really individually invested sort of in this this story. And, um, you know, as usual, Liz and I have slightly different opinions and approaches to things. So, you know, I kind of like don't care about either of these bitches and just think it's like really like just overblown. Um, but like the sort of uh, sapphic moments, if you will, that are, are there for both the Natalie and Caroline story as well as American Psychos, a.k.a. Psycho BFF. Um, it's all there. Like, you really are like, are you guys friends? Are y'all, like, in love? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I would also say that it just is very much like a, like the the Natalie character or the Deandra in this movie, if you will. It's just like, why are you following this girl around? Like, she's not that great. And like, you're not that bad. Like, just figure out your own shit. Like, what are you doing? And that's how I feel about Natalie and Caroline, where it's like, okay, Natalie, like, just give it up. And Caroline, it's like, who cares if she hates you? Like, give it up. Like, with both of them, it's like, give it up. Who cares? Get over it, you fucking weirdos. Like, we all, like like sort of remove ourselves from friends at one point or another, especially if it was a friendship that was born in anything but pureness. Um, Sometimes you just move away from those people. That's fucking normal. You don't sell a piece for $5,000 and then sell the rights for another million because you had a bad friend seven years ago. Also, at the same time, like, what is Caroline Calloway's brand? Like, I'm (laughs) so uninterested in what it is she does. I but agree like, you don't do the Natalie thing, but then you also don't spend the next seven months like vacillating between like, I love Natalie. She's the most perfect person. I just want us to be best friends again. And then literally the next tweet is retweeting like, I hope Natalie dies and burns in hell. Like, like you don't do either of those things. Like, they're all doing wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's well, it's like it just it's off the whole thing is off the rails. And I don't think that Caroline like has ever had a moment to sort of like she awoke from her Adderall haze and like Mm -hmm. was all of a sudden like thrown into this world of sort of like infamy. And Mm -hmm. she's been trying to like catch up to that ever since. And I think she in some ways has decided to play along. But there is a part of her that really doesn't identify with any of the things she's being accused of. So I like, it's just, it's like, it's, I want her to stop, but I also Mm -hmm. like feel like a lot of the people who really like hate her, I'm not really sure what they want from her. Like, do they want her to kill herself? Like, I'm not clear. I would say as somebody that really hates her, I would just like her to log off, like just fucking log off, like either figure some shit out. But I mean, like this week she was literally anti, like tweeting anti-Jewish propaganda. Like I know in an effort to like be funny. And then like a minute later is like, they want to call me a bigot, but I'm not after like she does her sincere apology. And so it's just like, just log off. Like that's always been my thing. And the reason that I like have fallen into this, like following of her, even though she has no brand and it's not that interesting. I really love to follow pathological liars on the internet because (laughs) the internet is forever. So everything they lie about, there's proof of it. And that's, for me, the really interesting part about her. I guess I don't really want anything from her, and I don't really care what happens to her. I just like to watch liars lie. I find that very fascinating. It's why I was, like, super into Janelle from Teen Mom from the beginning, because she would just tell lies over and over again. He'd be like, no, but two weeks ago, you tweeted something totally different, (laughs) like... And it's that same fascination where you just like, it's interesting to watch liars lie. 
And I think with Caroline, the issue is, is that you're a hundred percent right that she's trying to lean into the infamy because she fizzled out on the non-infamy by, you know, not delivering the book deal and not being able to do the tour or whatever and have sponsored posts and all that shit and like be a real, real regular influencer. So she's trying to ride this wave, but she doesn't have the stability or the meta awareness to do it because it's a real talent and skill to be a villain. Yes, that's true. That's a really good point. It's a real talent and it's a real skill and it takes a real... I always say like on reality TV when people are like, they're just playing the part like a Kenya Moore or a Farah, or it's like, it's like, but does it matter? Because they're willing to put their name like behind that. And like, they're not actors (laughs) playing a role by a different character. Like they're, they're putting themselves out there as that person. So I don't know if it matters if it's real or not. And Caroline doesn't have the Kenya Moore in her to do this. Yeah, I think another good example is like a Danielle Staub. Yes, exactly. Because you have to have a touch of the unhinged. (laughs) Right. But also like it is an art and a skill to be a to play yourself as a villain. And there's a stroke of brilliance required. Absolutely. And you have to be able to uh, discern what type of attention to play into and not play into. And I think that's where Caroline's going to fail every time because she needs attention at all. Like she's one of those people that just needs constant validation and attention. And I don't think she knows how to like walk the fine line of like, I'm a villain, but please like me, please, please, please like me. I'm your favorite villain. Well, yeah. I mean, the the thing is, is like with the anti-Semitic things, I was wondering, your opinion is very important to me and not just mm-hmm. as one of the strongest women I know, but one of the most Jewish. <laughs> I have to ask you, do you think that like she intent, like clocked that it was anti-Semitic and then posted it? Or um, do you think that she's just chaotic and all over the place and probably people are sending her things or tagging her in things that are anti-Semitic so- hoping to bait her? I'm not sure because one, I'm not sure where you would even see that picture. Like when I say it's like, I encourage everybody to look it up. Like it's like straight up, like out of Nazi Germany, anti-Jewish propaganda. (laughs) Like it it is crazy. So the minute I saw it, I was like, (gasps) and I was like, where did she first of all even see that? I think that she drinks a lot and doesn't eat a lot. Uh, just based on her posts and that a lot of her posts are drinking on an empty stomach, it, you know, whatever that means. And, you know, cause who knows how much of what she shows is true. Just based on what she shows us. Yeah. Is that it does she's drink- seem like she's not eating a lot. She's exercising a lot and she's drinking a lot. And I think that could that post have been a result of just like being drunk and seeing something and like truly not clocking it. Like, absolutely. Of course it could have been. Um, I also think though that that kind of just feeds into like my she's a pathological liar thing where all she does is talk about how she's an art historian. And that's where you can't, you know what, you don't get to sell yourself as a Cambridge educated art historian and then say that you don't recognize anti Jewish propaganda art. Yeah, I think she needs to, (laughs) one of her strengths would be to stop fucking pretending that like she's uniquely obsessed with art. Yeah, like, no I, one cares that she likes art. She doesn't even really seem to care that she likes art. Like, I'm not no. buying it. And <laughs> I honestly think that, like, she's so – has such a love-hate relationship with her own Instagram inbox that, like, mm-hmm. she doesn't realize that some of the people 
who are reaching out to her are expertly trolling her where they like write her, you know, several paragraphs about how much they love her. And then they send her this thing that, yes, it looks like the funny pages from like the Nazi reigning era. Like it's really, Mm -hmm. it's like, it was not a great, it was awful. Like, honestly. And I don't think that, yes, I think that she's like drunk on an empty stomach and she doesn't realize. And then she passes out and wakes up to, you know, Caroline (laughs) Calloway's an anti-Semite. I also think that she should really get back off Twitter. I think Twitter is not the space for her. And I know she got that initial surge of like leftist followers, but like, baby, those people will turn on you as quick as they turn for you. And Mm. it's a lot harder. I don't know if people realize this. Actually, no talks about this a lot. Crystal from the read will talk about why she mainly, she talks about why she's mainly on Instagram and she's like, cause it's harder to troll on Instagram. Like, it's harder for people to troll on Instagram. And she's talked about how it's, like, a lot more positive of a space and how she's able to kind of moderate her comment section a lot easier. And Instagram in general, and especially for someone like Caroline who can just delete and block, delete and block, delete and block, and then the only place these screenshots exist are on Reddit or Twitter. They You can't even post the screenshots on Instagram, really. You know, like, it would be hard to even find the screenshots on Instagram, like, you would have to find someone in the comments like, I have screenshots, come to my account. Um, it's just in yes, general, it's very special. Instagram is a much, it's a much harder platform to troll on. And it's a much easier platform to moderate, which is why Instagram is the home of influencers and not Twitter. <laughs> like there's a reason that once Instagram got big, every blogger left their Twitter and went to Instagram because it's just a much easier space to control. And I think that she got a real high on Twitter for like a month. And I knew what was coming because she's dumb and does stuff when she's drunk and posts shitty stuff. And you have to have a really thick skin. And I think what would be best for her is to get the fuck off Twitter before she fucks up again and again in this, the nude stuff. It's just, it's, it, for me, she, it's just so obvious she's not thinking. And I say this as someone that doesn't like her, but I feel empathy for people. Like the nude stuff is really upsetting me because I know she's not thinking about long term consequences. So upset by it, Liz. Like, and like she's writing, like, this is the misogyny that's affecting me. And I'm like, yeah, that's why people aren't sex workers because it's like really stigmatized and hard. And it's like a choice that you're making that's like really affects you for the rest of your life sometimes. And that's why it's so serious. And that, you know, that's why more people don't do that because it's such a stigmatized position in society. And she's not thinking about it. She has like 25, she gets like 2000 likes and she's like, well, now I'm, now I'm going to be a sex worker. And it's like, is anybody in her life like, girl, stop. But I don't think she has friends really. I know. Well, that's like the other thing where it's like, it's so hard. The part of me that wants to like hate on her, like, listen, Liz, like I was upset like she was like my stepsister when I saw yeah. that nude the first night. I like, knew I you was literally I saw like, a comment from you and I was like, I'm oh, like, Carolyn, gonna be it's, so hurt. I mean, like I just it was, was like, like are thing you when she was asking are, for Coke and you were really hurt yeah, by that? 
Yeah, I was very like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you have the whole yeah. internet hating you and you're soliciting yeah. drugs. Like, a drug, by the way, which is like killing people, not just because it's cocaine, but because it's being heavily cut with shit and you're going to yeah. a new city. And like, where you honestly, like, let's be real. Like, when you land the plane at Logan, you can probably walk off the plane and just ask someone and like, yeah, and score. You know, it's not like I'm sure cocaine wasn't hard to find at Harvard University. So it's just like, what the fuck ever, dude. But I, I, yeah, I, I mean, like I'm, I consider myself to be pretty sex positive in the sense that like, I literally love sex workers. They're some of my favorite people in the world, um, both as people to follow, but also people I know in my life. And like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't think that she was ready for that. And I think it was a big underthought decision that Mm -hmm. has long-term ramifications Mm -hmm. and consequences that will affect her and follow her for the rest of her life. And the rest of her life. And she's like, you know, and Cambridge University is unfollowing me. It's like, because the poor person that does the social media there is on the work computer and doesn't want to see nudes when she scrolls through it. Yeah, you don't tag your middle school like on a picture of your fucking ass. Like, absolutely not. And like, so I don't know. It's just, it's all very upsetting. But I will say, <laughs> Natalie and Caroline aside, let's get into Psycho BFF. Um, yeah, okay. it's so funny though, Moms. I, I do want you to know that when I saw the nudes, I thought Molly's going to be so hurt by this. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I love how predictable I am. Like, I wasn't like, I was just, was I was scared for her. Yeah. That's how I felt. I felt scared. Yeah. I know. When I say her, I mean like codependent. I'm oddly codependent. Like even with Caroline Calloway, like I'm like, oh, honey, no. Like I have to stop this. Like I have to stop. Like figure out a way to come in here and mother this situation. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you Um, want people to do better that you feel can do better. And I know Caroline was one of those people for you. So when I saw that, and I was like, oh no. I just like don't like to see anyone fail, especially if it's like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, a lot of people will be like, she's a fucking adult. Well, I'm sorry. I still think people in their 20s, no matter whether it's late or early 20s, they're still young people. Generally don't speaking, that you is. say that she's in her late 20s, Molly. <laughs> she is still her. on the younger <laughs> spectrum of life. I wouldn't, I've recently gotten to the point in my life where I know I can't call myself a young lady when I'm talking about myself. <laughs> but. You know, she like I look at people in their twenties and I'm like, oh honey, take your time. Do whatever you need to do. Get it out of your system. 30 will start to let it all make sense for you. It's a wonderful time. Like I used to think people in their 30s were so fucking old. And like now if someone in their 20s was to call me old, I would literally like laugh in their face. Like I can't think of any other reaction than being like, ha ha, oh my God. Like, yeah, okay. I'm totally old. Okay. Like it's just, yeah, whatever. It's, I feel, I feel for her. And, you know, I just don't want anyone to hurt themselves. And I know. So it's hard to watch anybody hurt themselves. Absolutely. Truly. So, well, speaking of, let's get right into this. So when we <laughs> we start this movie, we see um, a redheaded girl round the corner of a bridge that looked like it was in Pasadena with her brunette friend um, whose name is Liberty. And basically, Liberty throws herself off a bridge, a.k.a. Olivia pushes her off the bridge. And we just see a dead body. And then we go to... Well, um, one thing that was important is that they were talking about trust and trust and trust and trust. And so trust is a big theme in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is. But yeah, I mean, that's what I hate it when they pull like a through line like that. Because is is it about trust? Like, is it really? Because well, no. like, if the genesis <laughs> of her story is like, 
oh, like things went wrong with my mom. Not spoiler alert. Things go wrong with her mom at some point in her life. If that's the theme, then what the fuck does that have to do with trust? Like it just doesn't these like sort of like faux arcs. Like it just seems like it was all pasted together. Like in a yeah. <laughs> how do you tie them all? Right. So then we come up on a mother and a daughter driving into town. It's their they're moving there. We find out that the girl was kicked out of school, Deandra, because she wrote about the principal having a threesome with two English teachers in the school <laughs> newspaper. Um, First of which, all, the name Deandra is a crazy name for a 16-year-old girl. The the names in this movie are like a huge issue for me. Um, <laughs> they make no sense throughout the entire movie. So we find out that Deandra desperately wants to live with her father in New York, but her dad doesn't have legal custody of her, so that's not really a possibility. A possibility. Her mom seems like super supportive of her. They, they're moving there to sort of get their life started over. And at one point, Deandra makes a reference to, um, she's like, oh, we're moving to suburgatory. And her mom's like, well, I... I had you when I was 16 years old. So I understand that reference. And I'm like, you mean you understand a TV show from like eight years ago? Like what the <laughs> that fuck line, is that? I was so confused by that. Cause I was like, well, first of all, I actually, one of the few people who like stand the show suburgatory. I think I love <laughs> that show. It's, I highly recommend everybody go back and rewatch it if you can. It's very, very, very funny. And I was like, oh, it's suburgatory. And then she's like, I had you young. I get that. I'm like, it was a show on ABC in 2011. Like, what are you talking right. about? Like your daughter was like eight years old when that show aired. But <laughs> it's it's so um it's so odd and like just another like clunky way to like get out there that she's a young mom. So yeah. and also that apparently Deandra is like funny. Um Deandra's like weirdness, um, I save for the end to sort of like do as like a little here's how fucking weird she is with her friends but she's like a goofy teenager so we um see olivia the first day of deandra's first day like walking into school and she clocks um deandra from the second that she sees her and has a little flashback to killing her friend liberty and then when she's in the school olivia actually accidentally bumps into the popular girl whose name is adele um so I'm going to play this scene. It's 6.03 to 7.03. Um, this is where Deandra gets her nickname. Um, excuse me? Sorry. Sorry. You should watch where you're swinging that spring 2015 bat. <laughs> nice one, Adele. I didn't mean to bump into you. I was just trying to get around you. Sorry. I think she did add. No, 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 no. I, I didn't. I was. She stepped in front of me and behind it. Was, sorry. I think she just said you have a big fat butt ad. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm sorry. Sure. Oh my God, this phone is ancient. I, I mean, seriously, this is the oldest phone I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Like, I think my mom maybe had this phone when she was in preschool, or maybe when she was. Probably runs on dial-up. <gasps> yes. Uh, it's a dial-up phone for a dial-up girl. Here, sweetie. <gasps> dial-up girl. <laughs> 
Dial up, girl. Um, I mean, like, I can't say that I, like, d- completely don't relate to that disc because I had a boyfriend break up with me in my 20s on a flip phone when everyone else was on, like, very chic Blackberries. So I was, like, pretty harsh on him and called him flip phone. So, yes, I am self-conscious that they stole this from me. But it's, like, it's so um, it's so funny to me how Adele completely flops her, like, big insult line when she's, like... I think my mom had this in preschool or when she was in preschool. And I, I'm pretty sure that it was supposed to be. I think my mom had this when I was in preschool. Um, so it's just like this movie, the characters live in different universes. There's very different stakes for all of these characters. Like Adele is living in a over the top like teenage comedy olivia is living in i think honestly she reminds me of like liz gillies when she was on like victorious or something like she's living in this sort of like (laughs) edgelord redhead bad girl thing and then deandra is living in like a mix between like pretty little liars and like a gentle coming of age sitcom I will, I wanted to point out, why do they always, and I guess this is the mean girls influence, they always dress the popular girls like they're businesswomen. Yes, it's very scream queens, very like, yes, it's all very suggested where it's like, if you are a popular girl, you come to school fully in like a Chanel business suit. A but, full like, suit, high heels, like where are their briefcases? <laughs> The only thing I'll say is, like, it's difficult to set aside, like, pretty girl or dressed up girl when we're all in a movie and everyone's a little bit dressed up for school. Absolutely. And they're all, like, the popular girl isn't nearly as pretty as the dorky main girl. Right. Okay. So, like, that's the thing with Adele is, like, she's almost giving me, like, Anna Ferris in this movie where she's just playing really over the top. There's another scene I'm going to play a little bit later, but it's, like, what what movie are you acting in? I'm, like, it, I feel like the director really gave them all very different notes, and it never really blended together for me, especially with the serious turn that the movie takes later on. Yeah, no, it doesn't blend together at all. And the school scenes are absolutely the worst scenes. And anything with Adele is so bad. And I understand why they did it because they want us to feel like Adele or that Deandra really connects with Olivia because Adele's so mean to her. But those, the school scenes were the ones that really lagged for me. And I was like, okay, let's keep it moving. I don't care about her bully. Totally. I mean, poor and weird is like not a new insult. Um, so we go to English class or studying poetry and Deandra and Olivia wind up like sharing their poems when it goes to like pass your poem off to a classmate. And while Deandra is reading Olivia's poem to her, she Olivia is like seeing her friend Liberty that she killed. And so she's like, okay, this is my new mark, basically. She loves a brunette that's, like, troubled and sort of nerdy. Um, So we find out that Deandra's dad is holding something back from her. And her mom pleads with him on the phone. She's, like, running out of the hospital to make a quick phone call. I think she's, like, a a, a, a nurse for delivery. Yes, that's what they're called. So she's, like, you know, about to go. The woman comes out. She's like, Renee. The, the patient is crowning and she's like out <laughs> talking to um talking to her dad being like you have to like basically tell Deandra why she can't move to New York. I don't even think we ever really get a full resolution on that, but whatever. So 
Um, no, the dad Adele- stuff is always just like in the background. Like, what's going on with her dad? Oh, he's a photojournalist. That's why she can't live with him. But like, she's tortured by it. But like, also not really. But also, like, Renee comes out, like, Deandra knows her dad travels, right? So the whole thing, like, when Renee comes out and is like, you have to tell her. Like, I was like, is he in prison? Like, I definitely thought it was going somewhere like that. Or Renee had found out that he had a secret family. Did you notice Renee saying, like, you're taking her by the chain instead of, like, you're pulling her chain? They they used a very odd expression that I noticed both times I was using that or watching this. And I was like, that's not an expression, what she just said. I wonder if she said, like, you're dragging her by the leash or by a leash or something. And they were like, that's too sexual. That's her dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe it's so i it was just so bizarre but yeah she basically what we find out later is that she's like her dad just won't say no but it's not actually yes like that's the big drama so it's um it's you know it's uh it's something here this whole thing is something where it's just i don't know it's it's not mm, there's already two like major sort of dialogue errors like not even 11 minutes into the movie so Adele um, is in the journalism group that Deandra decides to join, even though she's already gotten expelled from one school for her journalism. And (laughs) when she gets there, Adele's like, you know, she wants to write about this missing person case, but Adele's already on that story. So Adele's thrilled because now that means Deandra is going to do all the work for her and she's going to do like punch up or whatever. Wait, you missed how she got on this because she walks in and the teacher's like, so are you a writer? And she's like, well, I wrote short stories and three novels. And the teacher's like, a novel? And she's like, and the last one happened to be a girl that ran away. So, like, I think I'd be really perfect for that story. (laughs) I mean. the novels that she's written. Novels. And this girl's, like, worried about finishing high school. It's like, girl, just get your GED and, like, hit the ground running. It seems like you're doing great. Like, three novels by 16. Come on. Um, So Deandra gets home and she's like, I hate this town. And her mom's like, okay, um, well, you know, just stay here. We're going to do fine. And she goes, well, is the internet at least working? And her mom's like, yeah. And she's like, faster than dial-up? And her mom's like, wait, what? Like, her mom doesn't... Her mom... doesn't know what dial-up internet is which is crazy because it she seems to be about my age like given like uh, supposedly her timeline in this movie and then deandra walks away she's like never mind and i'm like are you are you like do i almost feel like they didn't even realize that she was shooting dial-up at her mom as like a question i don't even think that they were like intentionally linking that to her nickname I think they were because she says, uh, she's like, I'm, I hate this phone. I can't do anything on this phone. It doesn't load like, uh, calling back to the old phone conversation. And her mom is like, huh? And then she's like, I'm going to go use the computer if it's faster than dial up. (laughs) I mean, I guess like, I just, I think that I probably would have been more direct with my mom and been like, yeah, everyone at school is calling us poor and calling me dial up. So like, what about that new phone? Like, this seems like a really abstract way to like stick it to her mom. So the next day at school, Deandra bumps into Adele and she gets like, 
I don't know, it looks like vitamin water all over her shirt. And she's like, I'm going to ruin your life. Uh, but Olivia isn't going to let that happen. Let's play 1547 to 1618. Again, where this movie sort of takes on a whole different genre theme world. Damn, Adele. You trying to do a Carrie imitation? Shut up, Olivia. Did you just tell me to shut up, Smelly Adele? Because I believe in the First Amendment. You got a problem with the First Amendment? I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You're a crazy person! Ah! Looks like you wrote yourself into trouble after all. Oops. <laughs> Come on. You got a problem with the First Amendment? What the fuck kind of what conversation Adele? is this? This is Adele like a dream. This is. is. <laughs> oh, I guess so. I mean, in my mind, I was like, oh, so like, if you got a problem with the First Amendment, let's talk about the Second Amendment, bitch. Like, I thought she was going to go there and be like, right to bear arms, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, it was just so. It's so it's like a fever dream, like when you're having a really lucid dream and you're just saying stuff that's absolute nonsense. That's what this feels like to me, where it's like you're just like you look back in the morning and you're like, you really said that in your dream? Like you thought that was a good diss? Like what the fuck? Like you got a problem with the First Amendment? Like (laughs) so Olivia and Deandra are now best buds and they agree everyone at school sucks and they're fake. Um, They run into a creepy janitor who literally should be in jail. He's like, yeah. hey, girls. <laughs> um, basically makes it sound like he wants to, like, go behind the bleachers with them after school. Um, and then Olivia steals, like, this wrench from his his janitor cart. And they use it to fuck with street signs. They go and eat churros. They walk around town together. So it's a little bit of, like, a new friendship montage. And they quickly become sort of, like, the anti-popular girls where it's, like, they are having so much fun together that Lilith and Adele can't stand to see them. Like, they're just, like, they're being weird and, like, empowered and, and in their own little universe. Um, so, yeah. They, they have the janitor ask the girls for hugs. They're like, let's make sure that people know he's creepy. Can I get a hug for that, girls? <laughs> he, I mean, like, what? Uh, yeah. And, like, that's the other thing is, like, there's a subtle, like, sexual stranger danger thing around all the men in this movie. Yes, very much like, so. Anytime there's an adult man, it's like, oh, that's a sexual predator. Um, and I'm not sure if that was like lazy writing or some sort of like attempt at like a like a political stance. I think probably lazy writing <laughs> or so, just like lifetime um, writing. Like it's just easier if they're all creeps. Right. So <laughs> Olivia writes a, p- a piece that Deandra wrote about a guy named Jerry at her old school. And Olivia tells her that in a town where everything sucks, she trusts her as a friend. So you're right. Trust. There we go. Trust is the currency. Um, then we see Adele confront Deandra. She's wearing her gym clothes because someone stole her clothes when she was in class. Now you have to wonder, was that Olivia who stole her clothes? I don't know. Um, I was wondering the same thing. I was like, are there multiple bullies? Yeah, I mean, it's the calls are coming from inside the house. So 
she dumps a pile of papers on her and Deandra's like, is that your punch up? And she's like, wow, are you asking me to punch you? Um, so they have this like, you know, stupid, con- it's just so fucking stupid confrontation. And then Olivia comes over and scares them by saying that she's thinking of journey- joining the journal as well. Um, and Adele is so freaked out just by the presence of Olivia that she calls for Lilith to wait up for her. Um, Olivia says that Deandra does need to go to the mall, uh, because she needs new clothes. So instead of the mall, they go to a strip mall. Like, what the fuck is this mall that they're at? So it's a little like boutique that looks like sort of like any one of those like dress barn type stores where you go in and there's just like, you know, six shirts on a rack and like there's not a lot of like sizing options. But apparently this boutique is very expensive. Um, and I have no idea like where they film this, but it does seem like SoCal just based on sort of like these, this is like a budget restriction I would expect from Southern California where it's like, we can go into this empty space for a day and we'll film on these beautiful bridges in Pasadena. But for the most part, you're on your own. Yeah. I mean, it looks very California. Like this sounds stupid, but it all, it looks sunny and like bright in a way that I feel like you almost can't replicate. (laughs) No, it's true. It's like, you know, when something's done in Toronto, Um, it's just like so interesting to see like sort of the shoestring budget stuff that they do. That's like very similar to honestly, like a film student, like a USC film student doing is like, like final. Um, About for most of the movie. Yeah. It's like we could shoot in my old high school on a Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like I can just get a ton of my friends to be extras. Like my friends friends from high school. So fine to come here. Um, (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, oh, this random store. Like we know someone who owns a strip mall in like, you know, Encino. So we're going to go use that store today. So they go and do the classic, you know, teenage steal where they bring a bunch of shit into the dressing room then they put it all on under their clothes and then they leave the store and Deandra's obviously like horrified the whole time she's doing this because this is for someone who wrote about a threesome between adults (laughs) in a place of authority she doesn't she's not a stealer right yeah she's still she continuously lets us know she's like scared of her mom but also then like within one second of being like just do it she'll be like okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's exact. That's exactly right. So, like the other thing with um, the other thing with these two is that okay, they steal. Olivia's like so over it. She's so jaded that it is like you would be. I, I mean, I grew up a, a truly a good girl. Like mm-hmm. I would have been terrified of someone like this when I was growing up. Just like how advanced she is with like her bad behavior. So they leave together, and this like was glaring to me just for one reason. There's, like they send the store security after them, and he physically puts his hands on them. And like from what I know, like store security isn't even really allowed to leave the store, and they're definitely not allowed to touch someone. And so they send this guy to like bust them for shoplifting and he like he puts his hands on them and i'm like dude you that is not good behavior you can't teach that to people that is unacceptable yeah i also was like i think we were supposed to still think they were in a mall like and just suspend what we know to right. be true Suspe- about what yeah, malls look like of disbelief true be- true because they suddenly were like in a mall like security room and then there was like calls for backup to other places and i was like where are they 
Oh, girl, no, that's like, it's like a full detectives, like, police unit, which is like a whole extra thing, like, to get teenagers to be called in. We're going to play that scene just because it's so um, telling of, again, how sort of advanced Olivia is. And, like, this connection is never explained. So it's... um, it's it's interesting because like this, some stuff goes down in the police room. We'll we'll let you hear that. But like this connection is never explained. It's never followed up on. You have no idea what the fuck she's talking about throughout the whole thing. And Deandra's sitting there like any normal teen. I have to say she's doing a better job than I would. I would have been completely in tears if something like this happened to me. But Deandra's sitting there knowing she's in deep shit. And Olivia's like, oh, so what? We got arrested big deal like we're fucking arrested who cares like it's it's wild um i'm gonna play 24 21 to 26 minutes i've never seen a girl wear three bras and two shirts at the same time you ever go to match.com you're pretty funny think going to jail is funny going to jail for wearing layers Look, shoplifters will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Officer, I'm all for that, but these are our clothes. Mark my words, this is a trend. You're going to see this everywhere. Do you have anything you want to say? Deandra? Oh my god, you're going to scare her. Most kids are scared of cops. Good! Yo, Eden. They just got a call from Lati Satellite Station. Looks like they just broke up a fight. Martin wants to know if he has to file a report. Hey, Dan. Olivia, what'd you guys do? Nothing. Come on, Livy, Livy, Livy. All right, I'll just have to process you both. Me first. Okay, you first. Like they need some backup over there, Dan. You done processing them? Yep. They learned their lesson. All right, girls, stay out of trouble. Sir, yes, sir. And I don't want to see you back here again. I promise. Oh my gosh, what did you give him? My mom's special blend. Of what? Don't worry about it. Let's go. My mom's special blend of don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. First of all, I really like Olivia. (laughs) Is what I came away with from this scene. I don't know, dude. Like, I I was like, I like Olivia. (laughs) I kind of like Olivia, too. But the thing that I can't get on board with is, like, this sort of notion that she's really funny. When, like, she, like, that's, like, do you ever go to Match.com? Like, in the context of, like, why are you wearing two bras? Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, it's such, like, a nothing joke. And then the cops, like, oh, yeah, you're pretty fucking funny. Like, it's, like, no, she's not. Like, that's I just really like not good. I liked her confidence. Like and when Deandra started to get a backbone, I was like, good for you, Deandra, following along with Olivia. (laughs) Yeah, that I know. That was kind of a blessed moment. Like I would have probably fumbled that myself. But like 
what cop is like being like, okay, you gave me a fucking gram of sticky. Like what that, like who lets someone, who lets two people stealing probably based off of or security guards. I don't, I didn't understand what they were, who they were, where we were. I think that this building, speaking of the film student of it all, it seems like this building is also doubling as the mental hospital. So (laughs) I think that this might be, um, I think it might be like some sort of an, like they got driven down to like where they take people who So steal. they were cops, not security guards. No, I think they were security, but like for some reason they transported them. Like, <laughs> okay. I was just like, I honestly was like, who are these people? And you're right. They give no explanation for how Olivia knows this guy. There's so many. Honestly, this movie really should have been from Olivia's point of view and just Olivia being bad. And that would have been a much more interesting movie. And like, I want to know how Olivia knows the security guard and got drugs. I think I know. I think that she has like a sexual relationship with adult men. Like, I think I that's part of her deal. Um, which would be you're right. So much more interesting. You're absolutely. You're so right about that. Um, so like, okay. So basically, um, Deandra's mom gets home and she's like, "Oh, I like your shirt." And I we loved see that Deandra's- shirt, by the way. <laughs> I did. I did too. It fit her really well and like nice colors. Like I liked it too. Um, I wouldn't pay seventy dollars for no, it. But I was it was like, a nice Madewell has that. <laughs> That's exactly like who has that. That's it's if anyone it has from. it, it's it's fucking sure, Madewell. I'm sure it came from Madewell. So, um, she's like you know laughing and eating chips on the couch, and I don't know if that's like. This episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. I've been subscribed to Book of the Month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming. And when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month, and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. 
And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. They're trying to say that she's stoned off of Olivia's mom's like secret sauce or whatever. Oh, or if she's Oh, I didn't just, pick that up. She's getting her goofy side back. Because when Deandra's goofy, she's truly goofy. Um, so Olivia makes some popcorn in the kitchen, the old-fashioned way on the stove. And Deandra's mom's like, you guys seem to be getting along great. So what's your deal? She's like, what do you mean, what's my deal? And she's like, well, who are your parents? What do they do? And she says that her parents are divorced. She has a stepdad and her mom stays at home. Wait, can I interrupt she, you? Because she yeah. walks into the kitchen. She goes, they're at Deandra's house. And Olivia stands up and goes, I'll be right back. And walks into Deandra's kitchen, finds popcorn kernels and a pot and puts them on the stove. Like, it's the most familiar but bizarre scene. And uh, the mom, what's the mom's name? Andrea? Uh, Renee. Renee is like, you know, you can put that in the microwave. And she's like, no, it's better this way. And I'm like, why are you, what? Like, it's like, it's such a bizarre scene where Olivia is acting like she lives in this home and Deandra and Renee are the guests at her house. First of all, I was afraid to ask for a Diet Coke at my friend's houses growing up. Like, I was always like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to go in the kitchen and take something from your fridge. Can you go? Like, I was <laughs> terrified of, like, making a snack at a friend's house. Even, like, my best friends, eventually I'd warm up. But, like, I never felt comfortable, like, heating up a pan. Um, but then, secondly, I was like, oh, it's kind of like the dial-up version of popcorn. And, like, I wondered if that was, like, a nod to Deandra's sort of mode it was just so weird like how we weren't supposed to be confused that olivia was just acting like it was her home and everybody was allowing it also that like her mom was like oh you can put that in the microwave and i, I don't think you can yeah i mean it was just kernels, kernels. <laughs> like, like why why do you even have that if this is about a microwave for well, you like it's kind of that is it olivia yeah. did she bring it with her <laughs> Maybe Olivia has a cabinet that she, I mean, if anyone would establish a cabinet in a home where they're kind of a new person, it would be Olivia. Yeah. Um, so she, um, you know, basically we find out that Olivia has this sort of complicated home life. Um, and she's like, you know, Deandra is such an amazing writer. Like, I can't wait to grow up with her and just see how amazing she's going to be as a writer. She's just so passionate about it. And Renee's like, yeah, well, what's your passion, Olivia? And she's like, my friends. So, I mean, I think we've all met that person, by the way, like the person who like lives for their friends existences and seemingly doesn't really have their own. Yeah. Um, but it's it's quite spooky. And Renee has uh, every right to be freaked out by it. But she doesn't stop their friendship. Like, you know, Olivia is obviously a bad influence. And I think I grew up with friends sort of that were a little bit you know, ahead of their times in certain ways. And my mom was very cautious of them and pretty, you know, after the first few hangouts at my house, pretty upfront with me that she thought they were moving at a little bit of a different speed than I was. 
And, you know, I was expected to sort of fall in line with that. And I'm just a little surprised that Renee, for everything that she is as a mom, doesn't sort of cock block that friendship. Yeah, no, she doesn't voice concerns at all. No. So Olivia sneaks into Deandra's room when she's sleeping and she says that they're going to go to a party at Jake's house. He's the guy that Deandra likes from journal, uh, the journal. So she uh, obviously doesn't feel good about it. But Olivia, you know, who, by the way, we never address the fact that she's clearly a speed addict. But like she this girl, like Olivia, whenever she comes in, she's like in like she is full energy. She is like she's not going to be told no. She is unstoppable. And like, I honestly feel like half the scenes where Olivia is like showing up, she seems like she just did like an eight ball before she got there. Yeah. And another scene of Deandra being like, no, I can't. And Olivia being like, come on, get up. And Deandra's like, okay. I mean, That's honestly, fine. the lack of effort Deandra puts in, I'm sort of like, listen, no one deserves what you went through, but I feel like if anyone needed to learn a lesson, it might have been you, sweetheart. <laughs> so um, these are lessons that you need to learn before you go to college, by the way, because once you're in yes. college, you know, you're a legal adult. There's no going back. So I am in some ways I'm grateful to Olivia for that. Um, so they get to this party and it's absolutely fucking raging. It's like the classic high school party scene. And it's kind of crazy to think that Deandra was like sacked out in her bed when all of her peers are like raging this hard. It makes me wonder what time she goes to bed. Like if her mom like doses her with melatonin <laughs> at dinner, like I'm just unclear. But um, oh, also, yeah, Olivia- I will say the music in this movie was like kind of good, actually. And the songs they had for this and then the other party scene, I was like kind of feeling it. I was like, okay, Lifetime. It wasn't bad. The problem was the mixing. Well, sure. But I just... Did you notice like how badly like you couldn't really hear the characters when the music was on? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. The music was too loud, which is why I noticed it. But I was like, this actually isn't bad. No, the song in the motel room later is kind of banging. Yeah. It gave me vibes. I was vibing. So um, once they get there, like Olivia's like kind of just like walks in and is owning the place, like total like big dick energy at this party. And she, um, Deandra's like, I didn't think you were popular. And Olivia's like, no, of course I'm popular. I just don't care about it. That was um, the funniest thing. I was like, how long have they been friends? I'm very confused by the timeline. <laughs> Also, just, like, the ecosystem of high school. Like, you would feel out pretty quickly if someone is, like, liked or disliked. And Olivia has painted herself as this, like, strange loner. Come to find out, she's on more than speaking terms with the entire school. So, um, Olivia, you know, is, like, you know, doing her, like, fucking cocaine monologue while she gets her some alcohol. And it becomes really unclear if these actresses are just acting a little, like, cracked out or if they're supposed to be showing drunkenness already but um you know they she basically pushes her towards her crush jacob and he tells her you know how much he liked the work and that she did so then adele comes up after we hear the i'm going to play the trail end of this this conversation just so you can sort of see that this does seem to be written in um but it's not being played correctly at all um for 32 14 to 34 48 Wow, thank you. I uh, I really like that photo spread you put on the website. It really, really made everything flow. You know, 
Is flow a word? Not really sure. Yeah. It's a word. That's flow. Oh my god, what are you? Are you seriously flirting with dialogue? What? No. We're just talking. Mm, I know what that means. I am the unfortunate receiver of this late night hookup text. I don't think I ever texted you, like, ever, Adele. <laughs> okay, sure. You want to see his, like, 100 shirtless selfies? He's honestly pretty old to underneath that polo shirt. Well, that's okay. Oh, looks like she's not interested after all. I'm sorry, Jake. Seriously, Adele, like he said, uh, we were just talking. So, uh, you don't have to create this whole reality Nobody show. You. New girl. Besides, this is my house, so what I say goes. Oh, this is your house? Uh, you're so cute, Deidre. Oh. I didn't say you could leave, Dyla. I didn't ask for your permission, you bobble-headed idiot. Oh, yeah, and Jake, I'll see you in class, and you can dial me up. <laughs> oh, that's it. You're dead. Doing you psycho! What? Sorry, I can't hear you over all the glass shattering. <laughs> God, that column was imported from Rome. Oh my God, was it really? Oh. Get out of my house! No, no, no! Wait, wait, wait! What? Oh, oh! Then you're gonna have to ask nice. Okay, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Ask me to stay at your party. Please. Sorry, I can't hear you. Will you please stay at my party? Apologize to Deandra. <laughs> oh, okay. No, stop! Stop! I'm sorry, I was mean to you. Deandra. What? Her name is Deandra. I'm sorry, I was mean to you. Deandra, will you please stay at my party? Hmm. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, this party sucks, anyways. Today's show is sponsored by the mobile puzzle game, Best Fiends. Guys, I started playing Best Fiends a couple months ago, and it completely reignited my passion for puzzle games. I am currently on level 187 because I've been reaching for it a lot these days. I go for it the most when I'm writing or working on my notes for the podcast, and I just need a quick little break. Instead of going on Wikipedia or YouTube or something else that will send me into a K-hole, I've been reaching for Best Fiends when I need a mini distraction from my day. I love it because it's colorful and fun, and super simple to play, but they set up all these different types of challenges within each level and within each land that you go to. Your enemies are the slugs, and your squad are these cute little bug characters that you collect along the way. You evolve the characters with the prizes that you win at the end of each level. Each character has a specialty in terms of like helping you get rid of those damn slugs, and evolving them with your winnings makes them even better. I like Gordon because he's angry, and the last time I evolved him, he got lobster claws. The names in this game absolutely kill me like Gordon but then there'll be a bug named something like Buggles which totally makes sense and then you'll meet a slug named Kristen. The randomness of it actually kind of kills me. The game updates monthly with new themes and new challenges and new levels so you can play the game like you've played the whole time, but it feels fresh. One of the most convenient parts of Best Fiends is that you don't need to be on Wi-Fi to play it, so it's there for you literally whenever. 
So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Okay. The direction is struggling here. I think that that's one of the things that's really hurting this because like there's no um they okay so the whole thing looks very um just very like again collegiate it looks very film student and one of the things it could really have benefited from was just some like medium shots of the person talking just some solos so that they could like really act out their scene but instead they sort of decided to do these more like complicated like not steady cam, but yeah, I guess a steady cam, like sort of circuit, like shot where they're going around the group and listening to them talk, which makes everything they're saying seem so much more cartoonish. I mean, this is a very cartoonish scene. <laughs> I know. And Olivia smashing these bottles and like the whole, I mean, you know, God bless Olivia, but like, who the fuck is she, dude? Like, who is she? And Adele yelling, these columns are imported from Rome. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's rough. And, like, also the the whole, like, the whole, like, um sort of, like, small talk that Deandra was having when she was, like, when, leading up to Adele walking up when she's like, is flow a word? Yeah, yeah flow's well, a word. Were we supposed to oh, yeah, that, okay. Were we supposed to understand that she was very drunk? Is that why she was saying Again, that? Again, yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, they come in super high energy, like, like, almost, again, as if they're, like, coked out of their minds. And then immediately, two sips into her alcohol, Deandra is, like, having a hard time with, like, basic children's words. <laughs> so I'm not really, like, sure what we're supposed to see here. And, like, it's all very escalated very quickly. Um I will say that out of this entire movie, out of the whole cast, it seems like the guy who plays Jacob has some of the most work behind him except for Olivia's mom. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, so they leave laughing um, and Olivia cut her hand really badly on the glass and Deandra calls her mom because she's worried about the cut. And Olivia freaks out saying that her mom is going to tell her stepdad and he's going to beat her up like he always does. So, oh my God, Olivia has a stepdad who beats her. Um, that's the new development. And she starts walking away with the police roll up just at that moment. And Olivia thinks that Deandra called them on her somehow. He, um, the cop tells Olivia that he knows who she is and he knows what she did. So she needs to come with him. So we're thinking as an audience, oh, my God, she's about to get busted for murder. Um, I don't think that Olivia actually thought that there was a chance in hell that Deandra called the cops on her. That was, so, I was very confused by that scene that I actually rewound it because I didn't understand. I was like, did she call her mom? Like, I, it happened so quickly that it was honestly a little hard for me to understand like how the cops got there or if she did have the chance to call her mom or not. Also, like, don't be a dumbass, Deandra. Like, don't sell yourself out for skipping out of the house because your friend has a cut on her hand. Yeah, like, she's it fine. seems like Olivia. Yeah, Olivia's been around the block, sweetheart. She'll fucking throw a sock and a bandana around that thing and call it a night. Like, yeah. she doesn't give a shit. You'll go to urgent so, care in the morning if she has to. Like, don't worry about it. 
Absolutely. I mean, I have a feeling that Olivia should have gotten many tetanus shots in her life that she did not get. And she was just lucky enough to never deal with like the consequences <laughs> of that. But the next day, I was going to play the scene, but I don't think we really have to because it's just such a head turner. But the next day, Deandra tries to convince Olivia that she didn't call the cops on her, um, but she won't even look at her. And she says that maybe the neighbors called. And then Adele comes out of nowhere and she's like, no. I did. And we find out that for some reason, Adele and Olivia have secretly been best friends this whole time. And Adele hates her best friend Lilith and calls her a whore. Honestly, though, I'm not sure if they actually were best friends the whole time or if they just became best friends in that eight hour period. Yeah, it's like, so, it's, it's so unclear. fucking unclear. <laughs> and, I thought it weird- was just in that eight hour period. Like, uh, Olivia was so, like, turned on Deandra so fast that she, like, went and, like, hooked on to Adele. Was, like, what I assumed. I mean, let's be fair. Like, Olivia is probably also an amazing improv actress. <laughs> so this could have just been, like, her being like, yeah, okay, that's a side to go with. But it's it's very, like, you know, I mean, if anything like that had happened to me at that age or even now as an adult, if I found out someone was that two-faced, I probably would be as shook to the core as Deandra is. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she comes home and she's on the couch. Um, her mom, Her mom comes home, rather, and she's on the couch. She apparently, like, left school. She didn't tell the office. And this is one of the many fights that she has with her um, mom where she's just like, I fucking hate this town. Um, But her mom follows her to her room this time. And she's like, Mom, Olivia's stepdad hits her. And her mom goes, that's illegal, Deandra. (laughs) The weirdest response from a healthcare professional. I know. I mean, like, yes, the 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 other thing is like, yes, she does have a, a responsibility to report these things, but like it's a very strange way to word exactly what just her like what her thought process was. It's like, yeah, um, it's illegal. That's like the point. We know. I mean, but it also it's a lot of things besides illegal as well. It's a very nuanced situation. So um, she begs her to she's like, can I please go live with dad? Can I please? And her mom's like, it's not that simple. You need to keep trying here. Make some new friends. So Deandra's mom, Renee, goes over to visit Olivia's mom, who's named Solange. And the homes that they live in, like, Olivia's home is fucking huge. Like, whatever her dad does, it's like, he's very wealthy. Um, So... Basically, she finds out that Olivia is lying, not just about her family, like sort of the situation that's going on there. Um, but more more than that, she's lying basically by everything that Olivia does. She goes home and says, oh, Deandra did this. And she plays the role of a very sweet and sensitive girl. And, you know, but Deandra's mom has seen a little bit more of the truth up close and personal. And she's like, oh, I think you got it twisted. Like, I actually have a very sweet and sensitive girl. So... The truth is, is that Deandra's mom or Olivia's mom is dead and Solange is her stepmom who stepped in to pick the pieces up with Stan, her father. So Olivia is like, you know, basically the only child um, whose mom suicided herself and she has a dad and this stepmom. Um, and you think like Solange is an evil person based on this exchange. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's, you know, it's 
kind of scary. I was a little scared by it. It could never so, be my daughter. There's, it's like very much like not my daughter. And she's dressed like a Stepford wife, like full on like the blonde hair and the short bob and the pearls and a cardigan and like all neutral tones. Like where at least I thought we were supposed to feel like very Stepford wife about her. Like evil. Yeah, she wife. is. She has like, you know, she's wearing a full business suit at home when the cleaning ladies are there yeah. and seemingly doesn't work. So well, she's running her house. It's her job. <laughs> Deandra is like just so mind blown when she hears about this. And Renee thinks that, you know, she's like, I think Olivia's a liar. And <laughs> she's like, but I don't understand. And her mom's like, none of this is normal, sweetheart. Her mom wants her to look at some other schools. She can even pay for her to go to private school if she picks up some more shifts. So she's like, you know, I mean, like Deandra's on her third school this year. Yeah. It's like, um, well, maybe there is a problem with Deandra too. Right. I mean, one can one can assume that maybe Deandra also has some judgment issues. Yeah. So she, her mom's like, she's like, can I please go to New York? And her mom's like, New York isn't a right choice for you right now because your dad isn't prepared to raise a daughter. Um, and her mom explains that her dad loves her, but Deandra doesn't understand why he acts that way if he also, you know, if he feels that way about her. I don't and understand why she- they're tiptoeing around the dad so much. Like, she clearly explains at the store when they're at the mall that her dad is a photojournalist. He travels insanely for work. He lives in a studio apartment and he does not have time to, like, be her full-time father. She, When she explains it to Olivia, she has such a clear understanding of the situation. Right. <laughs> and then when Renee and her are talking about it, she's like, I just don't understand. And her mom is, like, so delicate about it. And, like, even at the beginning, right. she's, like, she's like, well, I'm your guardian, honey. And I don't understand why she's just not like, Olivia, your father lives in a studio apartment in New York City and travels every week. That's why you can't go live with him. Like, he's not there. Somebody has to raise you. All right. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, they're like, she's like, honey, it's not like that. It's the most simple thing that you could ever imagine. There's literally no complication whatsoever to why she cannot live with her father. And yet we're supposed to be like on bated breath for this understanding of why she can't live there. And it's like, because he's not fucking home. <laughs> right, right he's in the far corners of the universe photographing people 100 percent. yeah exactly it's it's 100 percent like not an issue and no. if anything it just it's i think it might have been just to sort of like maybe make us always be considering something in the back of our minds about what could possibly be going on with the plot otherwise like it's almost like as if that's there for us not for deandra like, why not just not have have her not have a father like, right, right. The most inconsequential person, and like, yeah, they go to New York seemingly to see him or whatever. But like, they could have had any other reason to go there. You know what I like? It, it just this no seems sense. like a lazy first draft in that sense. Where I feel like any other sort of production, even a Lifetime movie, they would have like combed this out. Yeah, like, um, just cut the dad. Cut the dad. It's not necessary. <laughs> They do need a reason, though, to make her, like, have such a hard-on for New York, besides the fact that she wants to be a writer, and honestly, that's where, like, every... (laughs) It's where every young girl who wants to be a writer wants to go. (laughs) That's, like, her whole thing in the beginning, where she's, like, naming all these authors, like, none of whom's names I know, and then she's, like, Elizabeth Gilbert, and, like, I'm not even, like, into, like, contemporary, like, novelist or whatever like that's not my deal so like i just was like kind of like why don't i know anyone else she's talking about until she says eat pray love like were some of them just fictional authors like i recognized a couple of them like jonathan safran whatever his name is who like dated or left his wife for natalie portman 
Don't you know that story? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Like that guy. But yeah, I didn't, I recognized some of them. Like they were real, but yeah, I don't, it just like, also I loved at the very beginning, I meant to mention this when her mom's like, I can't afford to send you to boarding school in New York City. It's like, duh. Like, no, <laughs> that's not a real yeah. option. I don't even know if there also, is boarding school in New York City. I was just going to say, like, how many, like, boarding schools are there in Manhattan? Like, maybe a couple, but, like, I feel like that's where, like, Nigerian royalty goes. Like, you don't, like... They go to Exeter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they go they go up to Massachusetts and Vermont or whatever to the boarding schools that the kids in the city go to. They're all outside of yeah. the city. Very NYC prep of her. So the next day, Deander goes to school with the idea in mind that she just needs to get through the next year, like just turn a new page, just get through it. Then you go to college and you move on with your life. Um, But she walks into the woman's bathroom and she hears a girl crying. And of course, it's Olivia on the floor of the handicap stall holding her favorite wrench. And... (laughs) She's like screamed when she was holding that. (laughs) I know. It's like the sad girl with her wrench. Like, what the fuck? It seems like literally it's like a demented version of like Harold and the purple crayon. So (laughs) she is on the floor with her wrench and Deandra's like, was it Adele? Did Adele hurt you? And she's like, yes, I'm so stupid. I always think that she likes me, but she doesn't. I feel like my friends use me for entertainment. And Deandra tells her that high school is tough, but maybe the rest of the world isn't like that. And Olivia tells her that she's awesome and that she's the most amazing person that she's met. And and Deandra's like, since Liberty? And she's like, no, my mom. My mom killed herself because she didn't feel beautiful. She was beautiful in her own quirky way. My dad and I would tell her every day, but that wasn't enough to save her. Um, So Olivia basically begs her to like her and forgive her. And she is like, yeah, you know what? Like, I do forgive you. Absolutely. So then um, Olivia, like, goes fucking nuts in the bathroom um with the wrench and she just starts like beating everything i'm gonna play um 4952 to 5114 when olivia goes through with her plan to basically silence adele and it's um it it involves direct violence like actually like we saw this a couple weeks ago so, what exactly is your plan with that thing? It's really simple. I did most of it this morning, but I ran out of time because people came in from volleyball practice. I just need like two seconds if you'll distract the coach. They're like, what are you doing with it? I'm gonna scare her. She's gonna like pee her pants. With the wrench? You're gonna like hit her in the head? Oh my god, no, nothing like that. Just, just the end assembly. Girls, let's pick up the pace, come on! Hey, come on, go ask him a question. Like what? I don't know, like about your period. You always freaks out about stuff like that. It doesn't have to be about your period, it's just a suggestion. Hey, Coach, can I ask you a question real quick? Are you having some kind of issue? Well, sort of. If you have any kind of issue, I want you to go to the nurse. Actually, I was thinking of joining the volleyball team. I know I'm late, but I actually just got here, so maybe it shouldn't matter much. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I was wondering if I could sub sometime. Coach. I, I, I got to talk to Coach Mazel. Do you ever have any experience? I'm a killer. All right. Get back in line. We'll talk about it. Keep it up. Almost there, guys. Let's go. Let's go. 
Okay, so uh, most awkward scene with a gym teacher in a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> he really is terrified that she's going to talk about her period. Terrified. <laughs> terrified. And, um, I mean, I basically, I mostly want to play that scene just because it's another example of a fucking creepy-ass adult. And it sort of just shows, like, how clueless like deandra truly is about what it was olivia's doing and they do have these like sort of mobile bleachers again sort of another nod to this movie being very um pieced together almost as if they couldn't get the school to like actually lower the bleachers because that would mean a janitor needs to come in for the day or something (laughs) and it's (laughs) so they have these like sort of makeshift bleachers that they're all sitting on and olivia was clearly like loosening the bolts on one of them and the next day when they're all at this little like pre something assembly Adele is talking to Jacob, who is DeAndre's crush. And it's like Olivia gets very angry about this on DeAndre's behalf, where she's just like, you know what? I guess I really shipped you guys. You know, I, I guess maybe I just need to get over that. Um, so she goes, at least you'll get to see him cry like a baby. So then at that moment, Deandra is like, well, what the fuck do you mean? And she's like, oh, I removed some of the nuts from the support bleachers. As soon as Adele gets to the top, she'll fall. Um, so Adele, sure enough, like, you know, Deandra t- tries to stop it, not because she doesn't want to commit a crime, but because she thinks Jacob is about to get up there as well. And Adele is the first one up there. And of course, the bleachers fall. She falls. It looks like she like broke a shoulder it looks like a pretty severe accident that she had actually (laughs) um and uh yeah high up she yeah and by the way it also does sort of look like three feet like it looks like they really cheated it because (laughs) the the gym teacher is like a stunt double and you know like they they couldn't do that much they didn't, I mean, just mean like even the height of it, like they just pretend, like they made it seem like she fell from like an impossible height when in reality it was probably like three feet <laughs> based on the way that the bleachers are structured. But of course, right away, the two of them get pinned for this. And the way this all sort of shakes out with the principal is very interesting. <laughs> so basically, I didn't like, I really understand why they were accusing Deandra. I was like, she's been at this school for a week. Maybe like, what did you do that's so bad that they just are automatically assuming that she's part of this? Like she hasn't been in any trouble before that the school knows of like what's going on here. Also, we never got an answer for what the fuck happened when Olivia got arrested. (laughs) Right. All we can really like extrapolate from this essentially is that the school is on to Olivia being a bad person. And they know that she tends to get in tight with people and then things get really out of hand. And so maybe they do see, okay, this is her new brunette friend. We weren't able to peg her with the murder of Liberty last summer. So we're going to have to figure out some way to get this bitch out of our school. And when Olivia and her mom and dad leave the office, her mom's just like, you know what? You stop that right now, young lady. And she goes, or what? You'll take away my allowance. So launch. Like the way she talks to her is so fucking disrespectful. It's like kind of hilarious. It's like, who are you? She really is like on an, like, what do you do? You marry a man after his wife dies. And then this is your daughter. Like literally the serial killer of a girl is your new daughter. Like, what do you do? I feel for Solange. No, Solange 
I mean, you don't marry him is the answer. Like you do absolutely just do not marry him because you can't. Solange did make her bad. You know what I mean? (laughs) Solange made her bad. And like, it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like her dad is also such like a tool. Like he's such a nothing. Like when he walks on, like you barely register him as an adult. He looks like a taller version of like Jeff Garland. But, like, if Jeff Garland lost, like, 200 pounds, you know what I mean? Like, it looks like him after, like, a weight loss surgery where it's, like, a lot of skin. Um, And I just like that, like, they don't even really pull him into focus. Like, he's almost in soft focus in the background. And that's how insignificant this man is who, you know, was really at the very core of whatever Olivia's issues are. Like, he was there for all of it. Um, but while Deandra and her mom are waiting outside the principal's office, Deandra does say that she doesn't know why she's there. None of the kids got hurt, and there was a mat underneath the bleachers. And Deandra's like, listen, I didn't do it. Like, I- I'll just, I'm just going to drop out and get my GED. Like, she's already in that place. And then they go into the principal's office, and... You know, again, I'm I'm playing so much audio in this, but we're also moving at a really fast pace. So which feels appropriate for this movie, because this movie does feel like an hour episode of like an ABC family or freeform show. Yes, absolutely. It is. So it's a freeform show. A hundred percent. With an extra 20 minutes or something added to it. So yeah. <laughs> um, Olivia and her mom go into the office. It's um, 55.06 to 57 minutes. Thanks for coming in. Of course. I saw you talking to Olivia by the bleachers before you came to me and talked about joining the volleyball team. Is it against the rules for me to join the volleyball team? Well, if it's a distraction, it is. I'm sorry, did Olivia or Olivia's parents say that Deandra was somehow involved in this fracas? No, they denied everything. Then why are we here? Because we believe Olivia is responsible for what happened and that Deandra knows something. You saw Olivia meddle with the bleachers, didn't you? No. Don't lie to me, Deandra. I'm not lying to you, Mr. Green. Principal Green. You want me to call you Principal in person? Adele's more popular than the two of you. That's what this is about, isn't it? The boys like their a little bit more than you guys. It's a jealousy thing. No, that is definitely not what this is about. We're trying to help you, Deandra. This is a good school. We know you ran into trouble at your old school. You don't want a second expulsion on your record, do you? Was it expelled from my old school? Well, then this could be a first. Oh, gentlemen, please. Tell us you saw what Olivia did. I didn't see anything. It's the truth. Okay. You're done. What? You can't do that to her. She didn't do anything. She is involved in this, Miss Laird. And what proof do you have of that, Principal Green? We have witnesses. Who? We'd prefer to keep that private for now. Oh, do you? Well, I prefer to sue you. I mean, what the fuck town is this? He's just, it, <laughs> like, what town is this? It makes no sense. None. It feels like Rosewood. It really does feel like Pretty Little Liars, Rosewood, no, no, like no, no, all no. of the rules you know about life. It's not Rosewood. Where did Caleb go? Oh, um, 
Ravens. No, it's not Ravensville. It's like um it's something with a raven. That's where they are. This the haunted rosewood. Yes, it told it's like spooky world. Like it really is very disturbing how um just like this movie plays by no other rules, yet like the option to sue the school for like wrongfully expelling your kid exists because that's, what I that's actually <laughs> That's You're a not, pretty extreme. Expulsion is actually a legal process in which, like, a student has legal rights during it. Like, you don't just expel students. Like, it, it's a whole thing. And also, on top of all of that, it's like they're not even clear about whether or not she was expelled from her old school. And it made me wonder if Deandra was unaware that she was expelled from her previous school. <laughs> I was assuming she just left and it was like a good time to get out of Dodge when it the does new job seem, oppor- yeah. opportunity came up. So like the other thing here is like there's so many lines like you want me to call you principal in person? <laughs> like I guess like he's saying it just address him by his title. Like that would probably be a simpler way to summarize that. But I don't think it hit me how much Renee looks like Brandy Glanville to until this moment. Oh my god! I w- I kept thinking, who does she look like? You're so right. She looks like if Brandy Glanville was like an actress instead of a former model. Yeah, and like hadn't done what she did to her face. Yeah, she just has more of like that that perfect like large TV actress face, and like yes. she's really yeah. She but she is also you know no one knows what's going on in this scene in the principal's office. Yes, Deandra is technically holding a lie, but first of all, I'm I'm I find it very difficult to believe that this gym teacher was even observant enough to realize that Deandra could have possibly served as like a distraction. When Olivia did that, especially because this wasn't even the beginning of Olivia starting to break apart the bleachers. Technically, she started earlier the day, like earlier in the day that she told Deandra to go distract him. So this was like a long con of hers that she's had going on for clearly, you know, quite a quite some time that day. But. This man who, like, is so oblivious that he can't even talk to his female students about what's going on with their bodies and, like, is terrified of a period. He suddenly is, like, the most observant man. And, like, they are going to basically psychologically manipulate Deandra into admitting to doing something that she may or may not have seen or known about so that they can bust Olivia for something completely other than this. Because, like, I have to assume that the reason why they have an issue with Olivia is because they know that she's a bigger problem overall. How long has Deandra been at this school, do we think? Seems like two, three weeks. Like, if that. And they're like, well, you're expelled because we know that you're in with the bad girl. Like, <laughs> And you won't, like, you won't t- tell us something about the bad girl that like could really ruin her life and like i'm gonna just take that as like a secondhand piece of information and then move forward with my process to like get rid of olivia like they're really asking her to like hand over some second third hand information that they're gonna move forward with this fact but they're not just gonna take that information from her they're gonna pry it out of her and tell her that she's gonna be expelled if she doesn't say it like (laughs) this is some seriously emotionally manipulative shit and these adults need to get their shit together what are they expelling her for like they're like we have no proof they say they're like we have no proof that you did anything but 
they just wanted her to they just wanted it's like a cop that's lazy and is trying to pin a murder on someone and if so they can bust someone else on a minor charge they'll like you know leverage it like yeah well you know we'll send you to prison for this dime bag um if you don't (laughs) tell us who murdered the kingpin like you know what i mean like it's one of those sort of moments so of course fucking crazy ass olivia is fucking insane and breaks into her room in the middle of the night with her wrench and tells her to pack her bags. They are leaving town. Again, I love her wrench. A, I love she's it. A fucking, it's like hell. It's like a good Halloween costume, to be honest. Like it's really like <laughs> this wrench is like her other arm. If so, this was any way culturally relevant, this would be. I hundred percent agree. It'd be such a good Halloween costume to just walk around with a wrench. I'm Olivia. <laughs> Yeah, guys, I'm Olivia from Psycho BFF, aka American Psychos, 2020 Lifetime Movie Psychos, Network. Psychos, not psychos, psychos. I mean, it just sort of goes to show like how lazy the writing is in this, though. Too like, like even the title is sort of cribbed from like something else much better than it could ever be. Um, so she's packing Deandra's bag again. Total fucking speed freak energy, like just out of control spider monkey energy, as I refer to it. And um, she's packing her bag and she's like, we're going to New York. I have $300, so we have to keep a budget tight. Then they go through the kitchen and they start to take a bunch of shit from the cabinets to like act as their like sort of supplies for the next couple days. And she says, you know what? Together we're magic. You've got my heart, baby girl. Just so intense, such intense energy. And as all this is going on, Deandra's mom sort of like gets up and sleepwalks to the kitchen and um, gets herself like a glass of water or something. And then she goes back to bed. And Olivia and Deandra realize in that moment, like, oh, good. She's so out of it. We can totally get away with this. So they are um, supposedly like... I don't know. Like, all right. The next morning we see Olivia's mom wake up and she's getting ready for her day. And then she hears Deandra's alarm go off in her room and she drops her glass of water. I mean, is she fucking hungover? I think that we're supposed to take that. She's hungover. Where I, th- I think we were just supposed to assume that she's like stressed and busy and like carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders. Maybe. I'm also just going to, I'm going to say, I think there's some Ambien or something in the mix. Cause she's like zombie walking to the refrigerator in the middle of the night, Maybe. not even noticing her teenage daughter, who's in a lot of trouble, is hiding behind the washing machine with like her worst enemy. And then she wakes up in the morning and is like, you know, I mean, this is again, a labor and delivery nurse. Like she should be like, you know, sort of like used to her routines in the morning. So she goes and she like takes all these like aspirin or whatever. Then her daughter's 7 a.m. alarm goes off and um, she drops her glass, smashes it all over the floor. And then she's just like on edge and she's pissed and just like ready to like go rage on her kid and then she goes into her room and realizes that she's gone um there are so many product placements in this kitchen by the way oh i didn't notice because i wasn't there's a stovetop just sitting on stovetop stuffing just sitting in the corner (laughs) like as if these people don't have so much storage some palm olive dish soap some like simple truth wipes like it's unclear whether or not these are product placements or if like this is really just that junior league of a production this was like in someone's home like they were in like the director's house like this this is his kitchen and he just like didn't put his things away yeah or they were like what can we do to make this look lively like someone lives here (laughs) like i don't know just put a box of stovetop out 
I'm surprised that Olivia didn't um, put the popcorn in her bag, though. I have to say. She should have. They would need it. So Olivia and Deandra are supposedly walking to New York. Where, um, do we know where <laughs> they live? I think at some point it's sort of hinted at that they maybe live in like Illinois. I couldn't because I watched, Indiana. I watched twice. Oh, she does say Iowa at one point, but I kind of thought she meant like Iowa State Writing School or whatever that thing that Hannah went to. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> the only when, when Lena Dunham went there. <laughs> That's the only frame of reference I have. It's like I watch girls, so I'm like aware that in Iowa there's a college that like Hannah Horvath went to for grad school that's good for writing. Hannah Horvath, Jesus Christ. Um, That whole last season of girls, wow. I mean, really wow. Molly, I will never be over the fact that she made Hannah pregnant and then gave birth to a black baby. Oh, I think about the trollery all the time. Like, and also when it happened, we were in such like a sort of like, I wouldn't say we were making progress, but I would say overall the nation's sort of feeling about, you know, talking about race was almost noncommittal. So it was really a fucking power move of her <laughs> to to do that because like no one was gonna get on Twitter and be like Lena Dunham's baby is black. They like did, did she seriously they did, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still surprised. Whenever I someone posted a picture, like a meme of it the other day and I was like, oh God, I felt like that was a fever dream. Cause like <laughs> Maybe just because I follow a lot of people that like work in TV and we're probably terrified to comment on the show. Yeah. But my timeline was was like blowing up with like, did Lena just give herself a black baby that was supposed to be Riz Ahmed as the father? Yeah. Cause like, again, like her baby daddy was not that dark. Like he he was pretty light skinned. She's a white girl. And then she had a a very, very dark child. He's a now Oscar winning actor. Like he's quite well known. And we know what he yeah. looks like. Oh, my God. That was so funny. But, yeah, so maybe they lived in Iowa. And I just, when I heard her say Iowa, I thought they meant, like, Iowa's the writer's, writer's workshop. workshop. Yeah. <laughs> um. So her mom, um, Deandra, like, is freaking out. Uh, Deandra's mom's freaking out. And she um, pulls up to Olivia's to ask Solange um, where Olivia is. And Solange says that she has no idea. And we start to find out that Solange knows some things about Olivia that <laughs> might be relevant to this whole situation. I'm going to play 103.16 to 104.14. Have you seen Deandra? No. She's not with Olivia? No. I think the girls ran away. What makes you so sure? She was like this before, with her friend Liberty. The one who... With, with Liberty, Olivia could be very... Yes. That's why I wanted to keep the girls apart. Ever since Olivia's mother's death, she's had this need to... I don't know, but she sees something in your daughter, wants something. Do you think that Olivia had anything to do with Liberty's death? No, certainly not. They found no evidence of anything like that. She's, she's a good girl. She's... Is Olivia going to hurt my daughter? I hope not. I mean, yeah, you can hope not, but it seems like you think that she might, Solange. 
Um, so basically we see that Olivia has like a serial killer wall essentially that, for Deandra. This is when I realized this movie should have been told through Olivia's eyes, not lame Deandra's. And it should have been about how she covered up murdering Libby. And then I wanted to see her piecing together that serial killer wall. Cause I love that shit. Like, well, like well, who cares about Deandra's part side of this? Who cares? No like, one. And her mom was barely even in it. So it wasn't actually about her mom and her mom's response to it. Like, give me crazy Olivia. I want to know what's going on in that house. Maybe they've written too many from that POV or something. I can't, I can't really be sure about why they would tell the story like this. Cause it just doesn't seem that interesting. Um, it's like, this could have like, cause Olivia has enough interesting stuff to her character that they didn't give Deandra. That makes me think that this writer does have a fondness for like bad characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just never really got to like live it out. Cause Olivia is so interesting. And the actress who plays her, um, I mean, really honestly, Outside of Solange and Jacob, I went through everyone's IMDb's last night. It doesn't seem like any of these people have a particularly long career or careers that are like blowing up um, or, you know, really like a illustrious career. They all sort of have like six or so credits. But um, the actress who plays Solange, Olivia's stepmom, is um, a horror movie actress. She's been oh. like in a bunch of like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And she plays okay. that. Like I felt that she played that. Um, yeah. pretty well i actually i don't know if this is controversial like i thought olivia and deandra the actresses did a pretty good job oh no i think they did too i just think that like the problem with it is like more the direction yeah the direction um, the editing the story like the writing and the storytelling but when it was scenes between them like i found the actress who played deandra she looked a lot like somebody in a, i guess she does look I like someone I think somebody I like, so I felt, like, drawn to her, and I thought Olivia, like, I thought the two of them were pretty good, and in a better movie, they could have been good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, like, when I talk about direction, especially with actors, I mean, like, their energies really don't match in a lot of places, Um, and it seems like that's, like, an overall problem with, like, the flow of the movie, that, like, all of the characters sort of seem to be living in different movies, and if I had to guess, it does seem like the dynamic that's going on between Deandra and Olivia was, like, something that the actresses had to kind of create on their own, Um or all the attention was put on them and like everyone else was sort of left to their own devices. And that's why it felt like they were living in different movies, but they decide to get into this car that they're hitchhiking. And like, you know, obviously Deandra's like, don't fucking hitchhike. Like what we're going to get killed. Don't you listen to murder podcasts? And I was like, LOL relevant. And also, then wait, um, hitchhiking in 2019 or 2020, like hitchhiking doesn't exist anymore. That's not real. Nobody hitchhikes. I mean, unless you're John Waters, like literally no one. <laughs> like you, no yeah, one writing a book about hitchhiking across America. So that's why you're hitchhiking. Like n- exactly. nobody has hitchhiked since like 1991. Yeah, I hitchhiked with my mom in in the early 90s in Italy, uh, and we made it. So I don't know, but it, it's not it's not safe. You don't hitch, you know. Um, so they. Um, you know, they get into this car with this guy in his 20s. Um, Renee runs out of Olivia's house on the phone with the cops saying that her daughter ran off with a girl that she thinks is going to kill her, which I thought was really bold considering she was like leaving Olivia's house being like, this girl's a fucking murderer. <laughs> like, I was like, I would wait till I got to my car to announce that. Um, 
But the guy driving asks them how old they are. Uh, they introduce themselves as Pam and Ramona, and they are 21 years old. And his name is Mac, and he loves having two girls in his car. Um, so Pam and Ramona, wild name choices. But again, that's this movie's specialty is really sort of blowing you away with the names of the characters. Yeah, and they, I mean, Pam and Ramona, I mean, is is Ramona that different than Deandra? No, they don't live on separate like planets for sure. But it's almost like it's why it's kind of why you don't like I don't know, it almost feels like they got really into naming their characters and then just didn't work on the characters that much. Like it was more about the names than it was, you know, like like, they're crazy names. They're like old lady names. Olivia is the only one that makes sense. And I guess it may be Adele. Adele makes no sense. Adele wouldn't have been, Adele would have been a teenager. Like real Adele would have been a teenager when that's this girl true. Was born. That's true. Because so that, I was thinking like means- my niece's name is Adele, but she's a little baby, and it's because Adele's popular now. It wasn't popular when that Adele was being born. But I mean, maybe Adele's parents are really ahead of the times. You know, maybe. <laughs> so. Um, Pam and Ramona are 21 years old. His name's Mac, blah, blah, blah. So Mac says he's headed to wherever they want to go. And he says that he'll take them all the way to New York. It's, you know, if it's the kind of fun that they seem to be promising. Because Olivia's like, yeah, like, we'll keep you company. And Olivia's just, like, wise beyond her years in a way that's, like, so uncomfy. And so just, like, what happened to you, baby girl? Like, your life doesn't need to be like this. Like, you know, whatever happened in the past, let's move forward from it. But, like, you have a bright promising future. Again, you don't have to be like this. But um, Olivia seems hell-bent on, like, living out her life as a fucking crazy person. So um, when they get to this, like, gas station, Deandra says that she's finding another way to New York. And she knows that this guy, Max, only doing this because he has bad motivations. And Olivia's like, you know what? I don't trust him either, but we're going with him because we don't need to trust him because we have insurance. And so it turns out that Olivia is fucking packing heat. She has a little handgun in her in her mini backpack. Um, and Mass, Mac asks them, asks them if they're up for a party before they go to New York. And Olivia's like, of course we are, Mac. Get in the car, Deandra. So she, she, you know, is ready to fucking party with this man, which is like, to me, like the number one sign that you just like do not get in the fucking car. Also, I'm just noticing now, Mac is driving a car with Nevada plates. I did not notice that, but I guess I could that would make sense to me that some of this was shot in Nevada. <laughs> or that like this this character is supposedly just like on on a cross-country road trip transporting teen girls illegally all over the country. <laughs> I mean, he's passing multiple state lines with minors. Like he could go to jail for fucking life like by the end of this movie. Yeah. So um, you know, Olivia says that they can always take his car keys, kill him and drive off. And, um, you know, she, she tells Mac when they get in the car, you know, we actually might jump off soon. Um, and, and Deandra says to, to her, no, like we can ride for a little bit longer. And when Deandra gets into the back of the car, Olivia puts the gun into her back pocket. So at this point, Deandra takes her mini backpack, almost like as insurance that she has the gun. So like she'll feel more safe. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's in the back of Olivia and Olivia's jeans because she's a fucking thug. Like, how do you like, 
How are you 16 years old and like shoving a shotgun into the back of your jeans before you get to a car you've been hitchhiking? I don't know. (laughs) What time are you from? Like she is truly, she's dial up. If anyone's dial up, it's fucking Olivia. So um, the three of them pull into a motel for the night. I'm going to play 108.58 to 109.57. Let's get a room. Please. Room 104 is open. It's a double. You guys want a double, right? Yes, definitely. How old are you girls? 20. She's 21. You got IDs? In the car, yeah. I'd like to see him. Bet you would. Mon, Ramona. Okay, I'm starving, so I'm just going to go get some. You know, Mac can get you some food. Right? Yeah, but I don't want to own anything more than I already do. So, uh, how are you going to handle that whole hotel guy? What's he going to do? Chase after us? I don't think anybody's chasing after us. Exactly. Get me some fries. You need this back? For right. what? To protect yourself against Mac? <laughs> no, I'm cool. Tinkle, tinkle. All right, so <laughs> Olivia and Mac head into the motel together. Deandra's playing it very safe. I like that she's like, I don't want to owe him anything. And I'm like, hell yeah, girl. Like... <laughs> know your worth okay like that's exactly how you get caught up into a situation not that you're not already in one but for someone who's already in a bad situation you seem to be navigating it somewhat maturely so um you know i'm not i'm not sure why they even went in with him to the office at the motel to like book a room because isn't that like obvious that they're going to ask for the minors ids yeah that i was like just go wait for them in the car and go to the room Yeah, this is one of those, like, motels with exterior doors. Like, you can just walk right up there and knock on the door, no questions asked. But for some reason, they follow him in there. And, like, sure enough, you know, Olivia knows her way around the world, baby. And she, you know, she has no reason to be scared when he asks for ID. She's like, so what, Deandra? Who gives a shit that he asked for our ID? (laughs) She's like, grow up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get a clue, bitch. So, um... Olivia and Mac head into the room, kind of like a couple almost, while Deandra goes to get the food. And Renee is driving like a bat out of hell to like God knows where when she gets a call from Deandra's dad, who says that he's racing to his flight. But has she heard from Deandra? And she's like, no, she's gone. And her dad's like, calm down, calm down. We set up tracking on her phone, remember? And she's like, oh, yeah. So, um... Deandra, once she's at the little um, diner, she picks up Olivia's phone, which was in her bag, and she decides to give her dad a call. And her dad has, of course, of course he does. Her dad has one of those like fake out answering machines where he answers <laughs> and it's like, hello. And then like, hi, dad, I miss you so much. I like, can't, I can't believe how much I miss you. And it's like, oh, just kidding. Like you've reached my cell phone number. If you can't reach me here, hit up my international number. And for some reason, Deandra is like blown away that her dad has an international number, which is like, girl, you were the one who said he travels all the time. Why are you so surprised by this? She she knows nothing about his life, apparently. Like literally nothing. And then she leaves him a message, like very hurt. She's like, I didn't know you had an international number. Um, But anyway, I'm on my way to New York and I have keys to your apartment. 
So um, at this point, her order comes up at the restaurant and she heads out. And then we see Renee tracking her phone and she finds her cell phone right on the side of the road. And Renee screams out to the universe asking for a sign, just anything that can help her find her baby. And just then she gets a call from the sheriff. Um, when Deandra gets back to the hotel room, I, I do also want to give shout out props to the actor in the diner who is like working the counter and he's taking someone's order by the phone. He's like, with tomatoes, mayonnaise. <laughs> like he's spelling out. I like. I fucking loved that. It was just a little like decoration, and I liked it, knowing that they had to give him an under five for that. Like they literally paid for that. <laughs> so, um, I appreciate yeah. So in the hotel room, Olivia's making out with Mac. It is a very adult situation. Um, I would have. I could not imagine having been around that. <laughs> I would have been so fucking freaked out if I was around that when I was in high school. There's like the room is covered in like chips and beer and smoke and they're blasting music. And there's some other guy there who's clearly there for Ramona, AKA Deandra. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's very overwhelmed by what's going on in there. And Max Sleazy friend is like pretty much, you know, not hiding the fact that he plans on forcing himself on her. And, um, you know, the second that, like, it it becomes really clear to Olivia that he's not going to take no for an answer, Olivia turns to her old best friend, a fucking glass bottle, and she slams it over his head. And then the two of them take that moment to rush into the bathroom. Um, I don't know why they chose the bathroom instead of the front door, but, you know, everyone handles things differently in emergencies. So... (laughs) There's that. But it would have been super smart to, like, cause a scene outside. Yeah. Um, and Max's friend and him are like they're not going to they're not going to take this line down. Like they decide to go full psycho on them and I mean there's just such like an undertone of drugs in this movie that like I really wish they just said drugs. Like we're already all the way here. Like why mince words now? Yeah, I'm not because, sure. Like, they do this thing where people are supposed to get drunk very quickly. Like, in the time it took for Deandra to go get French fries, Mac and his friend became so fucking belligerent that, like, they are harassing these two girls in this way. And they're banging on the door. And they're like, get out of here, you fucking psychos! <laughs> and um, I'm going to play uh, this scene in just a moment. Um, what did you think of this? Did you ever know anyone that had, like, hotel parties like this when you were growing up? Um... Not so much hotel parties, but, like, I partied when I was that age. So I didn't think it was, like, I don't know. It wasn't that outside of my experience to be, like, partying with older guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's it's the mixture of older guys and hotel room that got me. Although, looking back, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? Who, who were those guys that were, like, around? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. I... If a hotel party with older men was presented to me, I would have been there. It just never came up, I guess. Yeah. But, like, it was usually somebody's house or, like, a college party or somebody's apartment. Not, not I don't know if we ever, like, if I ever partied in a hotel. I don't think I did. But, like, I partied and did drugs in high school. So that would have just been, like, another night for me. Like, not that I was, like, so cool or anything. I just, like, like to get drunk and do drugs. So, like, if that... If somebody had been having a hotel party and I knew about it, I would have been there. Yeah, I remember in high school there was like um 
when we were like juniors, there was a kid who had graduated like the year prior and he was 19 now. And I know like the bad kids would like get go to a room mm-hmm. at the Holiday Inn in Bedford, which is like a town over. And they would all just like party and drink beer all night. And I just thought that was like so I was like, what the f-? like, I don't know, I guess I was just really like chained to my house. But I was just like thought that was so unruly and bad i didn't even know what to make of it but here we are the well you were a lot more scared of your mom than i was terrified um so the girls are in the bathroom <laughs> together while the guys are trying to beat the door down um 115.38 to 119.34 this is basically where everything shakes down open this door <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at what i've just never hit anyone like that that was crazy Open this, you're dead! Uh, this isn't funny, okay? Hey, come on! It's not like they're gonna do anything. Yeah! Well, he did! He almost did, okay? And then you hit him in the head! Yeah, and I'll do it again if I have to. He's I, not I, gonna give you a second chance. Mac-, Mac is gonna do whatever I tell him to. Unlock this door! Open it! <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, the gun! The gun's in the living room. The gun... I, 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 is it? Whoa! Locked another. Come on, come on! Wait. No, this is me. This is the gun was just Dumbo's out there. Feather. Yeah, it was like Dumbo's feather, you know. Come on, you were brave because I made you brave. I don't want to feel brave. Okay, I just want to go home. Okay, open the door. I'll shoot them. Please stop joking. I'm not kidding. That's not funny. I'm not kidding. Olivia, I'm not kidding. I could just get a little taste of female empowerment. Open it. Unlock this door, you psycho. I'll make it right off into the sunset. Open the door, I'll kill you! Like my mom. Hey! She's so beautiful, you know. You know, I should have gone with her that day. I wasn't brave enough then. Open up! Come on! I was there. I was there when she killed herself. I was there for liberty, too. I thought I'd be brave enough then, but still nothing. <laughs> no. I just watched her. With you, Deandra, I feel like I can do anything. I'm not scared anymore, and I, I just can't wait for it. Come and get us, boys! Open the door! Psychos! Just shut up, man. Open this door! Yeah, yeah, you're so scary. Blah, 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 blah. God, these idiots. Can't wait to mess them all around. I bet if I just pointed the gun at them, they'd piss their pants. What are you doing? Are you crazy? You took my phone? Olivia. I trusted you, Deandra. I trusted you. You don't trust me, okay? I'm just trying to save our lives. Our lives can't be saved. Do you understand that? We're amazing. In a world full of nobodies, we matter. And they are nothing. We're going to read everything you write generations after what we do. We're not going to die. We are going to burn brighter than any two people that have ever lived. We're going to go out and blaze a 
for. Hey, look at me. We're gonna put the movies to shame. You wanna settle down? Hmm? Yeah. You wanna have a car, a mortgage, and all that no, stupid stuff. Want, yeah, you wanna settle down with buffoons like those out there? Agree, I don't. I don't wanna settle down. I don't even well, have a choice! Don't you get that? We don't have a choice. The world can't help it. The world is gonna suck the life out of us like it sucked the life out of my mom. save ourselves for real. Oh my god, calm the fuck down, Natalie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, that just took such a wild turn. Like, I know we're dealing with a crazy person, so to try and make sense of this, like, is just pointless. But, like, well, first of all, let's just give a shout out to Deandra for calling the place where the beds are in the motel the living room. <laughs> She's like, I left the gun in the living room. And I'm like, you mean like the fucking desk underneath the TV in the motel? <laughs> I guess like when I was a child, I probably would have called that the living room. So also imagine being any age to you today. Yeah. And you are somehow on a psycho road trip with this psycho BFF who pulls a gun and you take possession of the gun and not having it on your person at all moments in constant terror that someone's going to accidentally be shot. Oh, it's like, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> like I'm literally like, I'm, I'm horrified for everyone involved. Like I, I, there would be no leaving it somewhere. Cause I'd be like clutching the purse, like to my chest. And someone would be like, why are you holding your purse like that? No reason. No reason. <laughs> I mean, to Deandra's credit, like she didn't get slap happy and pull the gun out when his when Max boy was roughing her around. Um, But yeah, like, you know, it's just this is a lot like going into like, oh, yeah, you want to have a mortgage, you little bitch. Like, (laughs) like her Olivia has gone totally off script. This is now about living a unique and individual life that is unlike anyone else. Thelma and Louising it into the sunset. It also that would have been more fun. Oh, if they went full Thelma and Louise, one hundred percent. I mean, that's a fucking fantastic movie, and it also like you get like the sisterhood behind it. But it does take on mm-hmm. this sort of unfortunate thing that gets brought up a lot when two young women are really friends. Where like this just seems like Olivia's fucking in love with her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know if we're supposed to understand that she's in love with her or she's like obsessed with her in a non-sexual way just because she like wants to single white female her and like be her. Yeah. She wants to like keep her in her pocket like her little pet. Yeah. Yeah. Like silence of the lambs her if you will. You're right. I think that's definitely it. I mean, that whole speech in there, like, you're just like, Olivia has, like, it's all come to a boiling point for her. And, like, things are just, like, whatever it was about her before that was keeping it together, she can no longer do that. And, um, you know, so then the um, police bust into the hotel room and Deandra's mom follows right behind her like they do always in movies with just, like, the parents breaking all police protocol (laughs) and entering part of the investigation <laughs> and they find out that um olivia has a gun at the, pointing a gun to the door um you know she thinks at the time that the guys are still there but when deandra's mom makes her presence known uh deandra can't play along anymore and 
Um, she tells them to step away from the door. Olivia has a gun. And when the tr- cops try to get close, she shoots through the door, um, narrowly missing the cop <laughs> and Deandra's mother. And um, Olivia tells Deandra that she betrayed her and she can't trust her anymore. And Olivia tells her that she's sorry that she has to do this. And she points the gun to Deandra and she's like, you're right. You know what? You know what? I don't want a boring life. Um, and she says she'll shoot. Um, she says she'll shoot. So basically she's threatening to like, I don't know. She's starting to fucking kill her. So Olivia says that she doesn't believe her, but she convinces her um, that she does. You know, they're going to go off. They're going to live their crazy life together. They're going to live this amazing life. And she decides she's so she decides to like sort of try and like take the gun from Olivia, but she slaps it out of her hand and they start fighting against the wall um, where they're just basically like strangling each other. And the cop mm-hmm. and Deandra's mom, it almost becomes like a moment where they're outside. They're like, um, wait, what's going on in there? And like, none of them can decide what the move is. They're not exactly like Deandra's not vocally like teleplaying what the fuck is happening in there. Like she can't be like, she's strangling me or like nothing. They give them no hints, no clues, no. but like, it's pretty none. obvious at this point that they are fighting without a gun because if if there was a gun involved, there probably wouldn't be so much like running around. Um, by the way, I just also noticed, I think that Deandra's wearing a gay pride shirt. So you go girl. Um, so the two of them are fighting and then basically Olivia, um, falls back into the bathtub and she hits her head and, I think she like fakes that she's like passed out. And as soon as Deandra gets up and like starts to walk to the door, Olivia pops up and drags her back into the tub. And then they fight until Deandra knocks her unconscious against the bathroom wall. And then they proceed to basically, I mean, Deandra takes what seems like a minute and a half to like get the water out of her hair and like slowly walk out of the room while this girl who's already popped up once and tried to kill her is like laying in the bathtub. Olivia, the actress who's playing Olivia is doing a fantastic job of either pretending to have passed out um, like her character has pretended to pass out or she's doing the worst job of anyone I've ever seen who's supposed to be <laughs> in like a notice? comatose state. She, like, fully moves her whole body over. Yes. Like, once she's already down, she, like, lifts her shoulders and, like, moves her and whole her body over. And her fucking eyelids one- are fluttering. <laughs> I'm just like, girl, like, this was the take. Like, did they not tell you that this was the take where you had to pretend that you were, like, fully fucking unconscious? Because I feel like that is, like, this was your shot. Um, It was, I, it, it made it seem like Olivia, this was her way of, like, submitting to the fact that she was going to have to go to jail or whatever was next for her. Um, yeah. So time seems to have passed and we see Renee pull her house up to the house or car up to the house. And she hears music in Deandra's room, which historically is a sign of things going terribly wrong because last time she came home and her daughter was in- ingesting some sort of media. Um, her daughter had just started shoplifting with a psycho. So, um, she starts to like make her way towards her room and we see that Deandra is like dancing with one of her girlfriends in her room. We have no idea who this girl is. It's not Lilith. It's not Liberty. It's just another sort of pleasant faced brunette girl. Um, yeah, I was hoping that she was going to be in New York. I thought we were like seeing her in her dorm and I was excited for her and I was like, Oh, she's still at her mom's? Like, ugh, okay. No, it's just the end of maybe junior or, like, a year later because, like, she's – they're celebrating. They're having this dance party to celebrate getting into the honor society. Um, And we're supposed to know – We're just supposed to learn, like, 
that she can make friends again and is normal and is a geek, but she's happy and has like normal friends. I'm going to play the 20 seconds that like is supposed to let us as an audience know that Deandra's back to her good, good natured, goofy self. Um, it's just so cringe. Like this whole scene is just so cringy and so out of place. And just like they got this like really pretty girl to like act like a geek, but she's selling it like she's, I don't know. It's weird. It's not like pretty girl acting goofy. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's off. You know what I mean? Like, it's not comedic enough to be like truly funny and feel good. And it's also not like, oh, she's just like a really pretty nerd. Like, it's very, it's very over the top. Um, 125.33 to 125.53. Yeah, huh. definitely. I mean, SAT calls for brain food. Am I right? Oh, am I right? <laughs> You're always right, Deanne. No, not always right. <laughs> More like always dorky. Uh, yes. Yeah, but I'm a nice dork. Uh-huh. The fuck? Uh, yeah, but I'm a nice dork. Like, it's just like, she, it's like, so this, yeah, it's like, I guess, you know, I guess you are truly goofy with your best friends, but like they're just not selling it to me that they have this dynamic. And her new friend doesn't even seem like an equal. She's like kissing her ass. Yeah. And Renee even spots it because she's like, no, no, Deandra is not always right. (laughs) (laughs) Which like I'm kind of surprised that Renee has pushed back on that, to be honest, because like nothing about her character up until now has told me that she doesn't want anything but like a perfect friend for her daughter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so then we cut to a mental hospital which also seems to be the place where the security guards um were earlier and (laughs) olivia (laughs) is haunting the fucking hallways like she really does look like that person who got into the mental hospital at 16 and is never leaving for the rest of her life and she's just gonna be her pale ass is just gonna be stalking those hallways for the rest (laughs) of her life (laughs) like she'll be a legend eventually so um, she heads into sort of a group room where there's a new girl reading and she sits next to her and says, hi, I'm Olivia. And even this other girl in the mental hospital looks at her and she's like, I'm fucking okay, crazy. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is the movie I want to see the Olivia story again. I know. Cause like, it's just like, so it's so much more juicy and like there's all the yeah. action is on Olivia's side, right? Like, why wouldn't they tell yeah. it that way? Because they cast, okay, I understand why they would want to tell the Deandra side if Renee was the main character, but Renee had about 19 lines in this entire movie. Like, this was not the movie about a distressed mom concerned for her daughter at all. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it re- it really wasn't. And, like, Deandra didn't have enough. Like, I guess she was goofy. And, like, we're supposed to take that from that. But um, I will say that, again, I really like the actress as well, Alexandra Doak, who played Olivia. Who does she remind you of? No, not Olivia. The one that plays Deandra really reminds me of someone. Maybe she's on YouTube. I don't know. But she really reminds me of someone. Yeah, um... Well, we'll get to her in a second, but I'm seeing that looking at um, the actress who plays Olivia, her 
her career is really picking up. She did American Psychos, and then she was on um, the L Word Generation Q, a show called Perfect Harmony. She was on On My Block, and she was on Grey's Anatomy. So that's like a those are all Perfect Harmony is a net Perfect Harmony and Grey's Anatomy are network shows. So good for you. Yeah, and it, what's on my block? I hear like a lot of people talking about on um, my block. I think it's a Netflix show. It is a Netflix show. I know it's a Netflix show, and it it's pretty popular. Yeah, I believe. And then okay, so, so it's a real show. Juliana DeStefano. Like Juliana DeStefano, who plays um, Deandra, she does look super super familiar. Like I almost thought that she she looks a little it. bit like Nina Dobrev. Yeah, but someone younger. I agree that she feels on, familiar. Me... She has a lot of shit in um, post-production right now. Um, and something about the way that she talks is very, like, something in her movement is very familiar to me in a way that I can't place, and it's really bothering me. And the whole, you know, when you're watching something, you're just like, oh, who does she remind me of? Oh, she only has 5,000 Instagram followers. She's not even an Instagram girl. Okay, interesting. She was on a Logan anytime Paul I see an act- show. Anytime I see an actor with like a very... Oh, you know who she kind of reminds me of in a way? Who? A little bit. A very little bit. Like a Lucy Hale. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, she has that total pretty like... You know, dark hair, dark the eyes. big eyes and mouth thing. Yeah. You know, like where your your eyes just immediately look at her mouth and her eyes. And like, she doesn't have any other facial features. She <laughs> has a totally like palatable face. Like, you're just like, okay, yeah. I can. Yeah, I buy her. She looks like a, a like a star. Um, anyone else in this movie that you want to get to know a little bit more of? You want to know about Kate Watson, a.k.a. Renee, a.k.a. Brandy I mean, yeah, I would like to know about Renee. I thought Renee, I mean, I thought she was very pretty. But like I said, I wanted this to be more like mom. My ideal ending would be like the mom killing the best friend. Like, yeah, I, I want like the mom to be that involved. Yeah. Not her like, oh, my God, outside the door with the sheriff. Like, I wish Renee had been more involved in this story. That's a great call is if like, well, one, if Renee fucked the principal. Um, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> and then two, if she killed Olivia, I would be totally down. Or if she and Solange teamed up because Solange is also always feared and hated Olivia. When you said that Solange did horror movies, like you can tell that she's a real actress. Like even she was on screen for what four minutes of this entire movie, but even that scene where Renee opens or like she opens the door to Renee, like she gives you a real creepy vibe. Like she was good. She also does a really good job of like selling sort of like we feel like she made something really almost impossible happen, which is like when she says that it it really doesn't like when she's like, do you think she's going to hurt Deandra? And Solange looks like it's the first time she's had that thought. Yeah, she did a good job of sort of making sense of that because in any other world, that doesn't make sense, right? Like, wh- what do you mean you're just thinking of this? But for some, she really like was able to make her face work with the thought, and that can be difficult to do when yeah. the dialogue is completely disjointed. Like, she's really working overtime to sell that. It also, that shot or the scene was really badly lit. If you notice, it was very, very dark, especially considering they're supposed to be like outside, essentially. Yeah, but you could still like read her face well. Um. So, 
Renee, uh, Kate Watson is an American film and television actress known for her wide variety of roles. Her vast emotional and physical range allows her to bring almost any genre to life. Born and raised in Oahu, Hawaii, Kate's, <laughs> Kate's interest in performing started at Hawaii State Ballet, a prestigious ballet school where she trained as a dancer for many years. She spent the beginning of her working career in live television, which quickly led to roles for networks such as Lifetime, Sci-Fi Showtime, and Amazon. Her emotional vulnerability and intellectual strength, along with her physical ability and awareness, lend her to be a performance powerhouse. This was written by Sarah Scamp. What the fuck is that? She definitely looks like Brandy Glanville. Like, I'm looking at her now, and she definitely looks like the TV version of Brandy Glanville. Uh Uh-huh. To what does it mean to get a start in live television? What is live television in that context? Okay. Like that makes morning sense. show, like news, like that sort of thing. Yeah. That seems like maybe what her whole career should have been. Like, no offense to her, <laughs> but like, I feel like she could have been a successful TV news anchor. You don't think her physical ability and intellect is made? <laughs> you know, I don't want to say because I've only watched one small role of hers, but I like when you say she's like a news anchor and I'm looking at her pictures, it's like, yeah, she has. I mean, she has the face for that and the hair. Yeah. I think that she, I mean, uh, it's all, I'm also a little surprised. I have to say that she was a ballet person, like a ballerina. Cause she's, I will has, say she has 21,000 Instagram followers, but her. very low likes. So I don't know. Her engagement sucks. 300, 200. So I don't know if those are real. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not real, but you know, you never know. Maybe people like followed her. I mean, if she's a sci on sci-fi, I bet a lot of people like people who watch sci-fi are so fucking intense. Like that network brings out a lot of intense fans, but also like a lot of stars that are very fleeting. Like I can imagine someone. Yeah, I remember listening to someone on a podcast and they were talking about how when Instagram was first getting popular he was like a little bit famous. And so he would, I don't even remember who this was, but he would come up on like Instagram's original explore page a lot. So he like gained all of these followers early on Instagram. And now it kind of looks like he has fake followers because his engagement doesn't live up to the amount of followers he has. And it's like, he's like, just because those are all old Instagram accounts, <laughs> they just haven't been deleted. So many inactive. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I think that's a real thing. Like, especially if you can pop up early on Instagram. I mean, not for nothing. I think that's where a lot of Caroline Calloway's Instagram follows like come from. I mean, if I have to just, be like, honest, getting... I'm sure it's mine too. Like I have a, like a larger following for someone whose engagement is like mid range. Yeah. I mean, that you know what I mean? Like if you popped on Instagram in like 2014 and 2015, like there's a large chance most of your followers just like are not inactive and do not see you because of the algorithm in 2020. Also like someone minorly famous like tags you once and like you get that influx of like you know 250 or whatever um yeah exactly so the tags for this movie on imdb are mother-daughter relationship high school female antagonist murder mean girl best friends female protagonist psychopath motel room and party what are the I like the motel room? Me tag. too. I'm gonna click on the motel <laughs> room. Dark. So the number one movie under <laughs> motel rooms um is Green Book, then Goodfellas, then No Country for Old Men. I mean, good for them. They're on on a on a good list. Also, then like American Beauty and Simple Favor, like movies that I would not necessarily consider to have like notable motel room scenes, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not like, yeah. oh, God, that amazing motel room scene in American Beauty. Are you kidding me? I don't even think they're. Yeah, it's what? been a long time since I've seen that movie. What motel room are they in in Goodfellas? I have no idea. Um, okay, so the reviews for this movie are not good. It's a 5.5 out of 10, which is cr- yeah, a lot because that sounds right. College admission scandal had like eight out of 10. It was like a really favorable um, review. I'll read a couple or just like one of these to you guys and then we'll sort of okay. wrap it up. Um, let's go for the worst one. One out of 10. <clears throat> to start off, oh, overall ruined experience. This is by <sighs> Kawhi. Kawhi. And sushi. Okay. So to start off, I was annoyed by the transitions. Who decides a three second black screen with no sound would be fitting for this movie? I can only remember one good transition. As bland as the plot is, I thought it could have been saved by the acting, but no. The direction taken for this film was very poor and inexperienced, just like its actors. The writing for Psycho BFF <laughs> sounds like they put a 14-year-old Wattpad author to work. There was no character development whatsoever or plot. The delivery of some of these lines made sitting through them unbearable. Hopefully the actors and directors find some improvement. Well, first of all, sweetheart, like the like little black transitions that you saw, those are commercial breaks. <laughs> the TV movie. That's how that works. So this movie was written by Andrea Ruth, um, who was on who worked on the TV show. Um, oh, she was like uh, she acted on the TV show Jack and Jill. She's done like some acting. This is her first writing endeavor. It, it seems like though. So well, good for her. Yeah, she sold a script. <laughs> good for you <laughs> i agree i completely I, agree here's the thing do i mostly agree with that review like sure but that seems to come like that to me reads like a review for someone who doesn't watch lifetime movies also the wattpad mention sort of let me know who they were <laughs> like as yeah. soon as someone says wattpad i'm like okay i get your general area Like, I know where you're coming from, sweetheart. A hundred percent. Liz, thank you so much for joining me for this. Um, Are there any other thoughts that you wanted to sort of get out about this movie? Or do you feel like you've really expressed yourself? I would just say, overall, I weirdly, I didn't think this movie was that bad. I think I would agree with like a five or a six rating. I thought it moved quickly, which is a real compliment for me because... I think a lot of these Lifetime movies drag so hard in a way that I can't enjoy them. So while this movie had a lot of downfalls, I actually felt it moved quick enough that it was, like, enjoyable. And for me, as long as a Lifetime movie is pacing well and, like, going, like, we're moving, 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 I'm okay with it. And I was pretty much okay with it. Yeah, this did have pretty excellent pacing, like, overall. And so, like, total credit for that. Um yeah, I, I mean, yeah, besides, like, a lot of the obvious issues <laughs> with this movie, yeah. I thought the pacing, like, you know, that's what made it a little bit painless and, like, something that you would watch when you were folding laundry. Although I will say that, like, the, you know, Olivia going back and forth with Adele thing, like, after having watched this movie three times, it still doesn't sit right with me. Like, I'm still confused Agree. by it. The school parts could have been totally cut out. I would have been fine with Adele never being a character and totally cut out. But I feel like... For a movie that's called Psycho BFF, like this wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. It was pretty, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. I love you. Thank you for coming on. Do you want to plug? Um, you are are working on a Patreon only podcast uh, apart from Solid Listen, where you go through I think Sister yeah. Wives, right? 
Well, yeah. So I lost my job from COVID. I got furloughed. So I decided to start a Patreon only podcast. Why this last? You can find it at patreon.com slash Liz Bentley. I'm just doing it under my name. And once a week, I do a Sister Wives recap. I'm in like season three right now because I'm kind of just going by the good episodes. But I'm also letting people commission episodes. So I'm really putting out like five podcasts a week right now. And they're about almost every pop culture thing you can think of. I did three True Life episodes, Intervention. I just did one on Caroline Calloway. Um, this week, my best friend who is Orthodox came on and we talked about the show on Orthodox. And it was like my favorite podcast I've ever recorded. MTV's Fat Camp. Um, basically, like I said, Gallery Girls, Real Housewives in New York. These commissioned episodes are really amazing. And like I said, I'm putting out four to five episodes a week. So the Sister Wives one and then three to four commissioned episodes a week. And it, it's so fun. And I'm talking about like everything pop culture that I care about. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy that it's like going well for you and stuff too. And, you know, here's to um, ambitious podcasting. Um, I think we both, <laughs> when you're podcasting more than four days a week, I think that it's fair to say that you're very ambitious. So um, it's, it's tough, but I will say the best part is that I'm talking about different things almost every day, which keeps it fresh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that's really, I'm, I'm excited for you. I like, I, first of all, I love sister wives, but I also love every single other show that you just mentioned, like not a bad one in the bunch. <laughs> so you guys go check out Feathers in My Hair. If you like what you hear, maybe go check out Liz's Patreon. She also puts up bonus episodes on the Solid Listen Patreon, where we also have Mother May I Sleep with podcast mini episodes and a bunch of other stuff for you. Um, thank you so much for listening. We will keep Thanks, doing, Molly. of course, we're going to keep doing these like mini episodes right now during this time. So love you so much. Thank you. Love you. I love that you're so mentally balanced and sweet. Um, and we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.